1: Papa John's is cooking up a poison pill to use against the pizza company's founder, John Schnatter. A poison pill isn't something that's hidden under pepperoni slices and grated mozzarella. It's the name of a business tactic used to try to prevent a hostile takeover. It limits the amount of stock someone can hold without board approval, in this case to prevent Schnatter from owning more of the company than he already does. Schneider resigned as Papa John's chairman earlier this month after apologizing for using a racial slur in a conference call. Nigger! Noah Kirsch has been writing about Papa John's for Forbes magazine. He joins me now. Welcome to the program.
5: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Okay, so as it stands, John Schnatter is Papa John's largest shareholder, right? He owns 30% of the company. So what is the board afraid of here? Why take this action?
5: There's been a lot of contention in the last couple of weeks about the future direction of the company. Schnatter is very intent on staying involved. Franchisees and the company itself don't seem to want that. And what the board is trying to do in this case is limit the potential that Schnatter can acquire majority control.
1: And we mentioned uh, his apology for using a racial slur in a conference call. Is that the only thing that they believe he's done that's damaged the brand?
5: That was a story that we published roughly two weeks ago, revealing that back in May, Schnatter made offensive comments during a media training exercise, but we published a follow-up story last week that details a very long-standing pattern of inappropriate conduct at that company involving Schnatter and other executives.
1: Right. You interviewed 37 current and former Papa John's employees, and you describe essentially a bro culture. What did that look like?
5: It looked like an environment that was extremely unpleasant to work in if you were not a member of the inner circle, and certainly if you weren't a white male, quite frankly. For many employees, it meant enduring inappropriate comments during meetings and company offsites. Uh, I heard from one former female employee who said that John Schnatter asked the size of her bra and whether she slept with her previous boss. I've heard from more current employees who said that one senior leader of the company made remarks about pornography with a junior female employee and that the top executives of that company knew that that stuff was going on.
1: What has Schnatter had to say about these claims?
5: Schneider denies most of the claims in our story related to inappropriate conduct. So there's clearly a disconnect between what he perceives to be reality and what many people who have worked there see as the truth.
1: Okay, so he denies these allegations. And yet the CEO of Papa John, Steve Ritchie, right now, he did respond to your reporting saying that um, the company was taking some steps to confront these problems. Do you think he can adequately address the work culture there?
5: It's not really for me to say whether he can address it. What I can tell you is that Ritchie sent a note to employees last Thursday after the publication of our story saying that he was, quote, personally offended by Schneider's actions as depicted in our story. But it's important to note that Ritchie's letter to employees didn't actually address many of the allegations about himself and the fact that he allegedly directly enabled the culture that's been happening there.
1: John Schnatter did step away from control of Papa John's before, right? And within three years, he was back in charge. So can he get around the board's decision on Sunday to limit his stake in the company? I mean, could he still end up essentially pulling the strings there?
5: It's difficult to say, and frankly, I think we're gearing up for a long-term battle, possibly a legal battle, over Schnatter's future with the company. What I can tell you is that virtually every source I spoke with thinks that by virtue of the leadership structure that's currently in place and their seeming loyalty to Schnatter, you're likely to see retained influence on his behalf.
1: Is there a Papa John's without essentially Papa John?
5: That's essentially what the company is trying to figure out right now. It's certainly what it's trying to achieve by removing Schnatter from its advertising materials and and trying to get him off of the board. In the meantime, what does it mean for all the franchisees? It's really important to note that there are tens of thousands of people who work at this company who are being directly impacted by the actions of just a couple of folks at the top. And remember, when sales drop and the stock plummets, John Schnatter is still worth more than half a billion dollars. But for the average person who works in a franchise, their livelihood is directly tied to the business.
1: Noah Kirsch, he's been leading Forbes coverage of the leadership shakeup at Papa John's. Thank you for speaking with All Things Considered.
5: Thanks so much for having me.
1: We've also reached out to Papa John's for comment, but have not yet received a response. Two years ago, the city of Birmingham, Alabama, voted to raise its minimum wage to $10.10. But before the hike could take effect, the state legislature passed its own law barring municipalities from setting their own minimum wage. This week, a federal appeals court handed Birmingham's workers a big win. They're the first to score a victory over a state in the fight over minimum wage laws. NPR's Yukinoguchi reports
6: A kind of cat and mouse game has been raging between cities and states for the last few years. It goes something like this. Cities or counties with higher costs of living vote to raise their minimum wage above the federal minimum of $7.25 an hour. Then state legislatures fight back by setting statewide caps. This is known as state preemption. So far, 25 states bar local governments from setting a separate minimum wage. When this happened to Birmingham, worker advocates in the city became the first in the country to sue the state. They argued that Alabama's majority white legislature discriminated against the majority black city. This week, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals agreed, reversing a judge's earlier decision to dismiss the workers' suit.
0: The voices of low wage workers in Birmingham were heard.
6: Scott Douglas is executive director of Greater Birmingham Ministries, which sued the state along with the NAACP and a group of fast food workers. In its decision, a three-judge panel ruled the state's preemption law violated equal protection rights. It called the state's actions, quote, rushed, reactionary, and racially polarized.
0: Where that comes from is Alabama's history of denying black-controlled counties and cities the right to home rule.
6: Home rule, meaning local self-governance. This doesn't mean the city's wage hike now takes effect. It just means the Birmingham workers can argue their case in court. But how the courts ultimately rule will have major implications for workers in other cities locked in similar battles with their home states. Laura Huizar is a staff attorney for the National Employment Law Project, a worker advocacy group.
7: I think the decision opened the courthouse doors in a new way for Birmingham and potentially other cities that are considering this type of action.
6: Huizar says state preemption is very controversial, and not just because of how it could affect minimum wage. States are also using similar laws to bar cities from other kinds of legislation, from gun regulations to anti-discrimination laws to bans on plastic bags.
7: More and more local leaders and local communities are realizing that they have to stand up and defend their local rights, or all of these state preemption bills are going to erode their ability to practice and exercise local democracy. The crux of this court
6: battle is political, it's a fight over whose law should prevail. Separately, there is also a debate about the economic impact of raising the minimum wage and who benefits. Those in favor say it puts more money in people's pockets, which benefits both families and businesses. But Michael Strain says it's not that simple. Strain is a scholar at the American Enterprise Institute he argues a city risks driving employers out into surrounding suburbs by making it more expensive to run their businesses.
5: So you have the kind of classic trade-off where there are reductions in employment among minimum wage workers, but uh, minimum wage workers who get jobs and keep jobs end up bringing in more money.
6: Meanwhile, the group of Birmingham fast food workers who brought the case must wait for the next stage of the legal fight. Yuki Noguchi, PR News, Washington.
8: Context of White Supremacy, Gusty Renegade, in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date Thursday, August 2nd, 2018. So I have been told. This is our weekly caucus neutralizing Workplace racism. Uh, if you have, pro- well, consistently, the way that I stated, uh, if you have figured out these are strategies, things specifically that can be done to help solve problems, if you're on your job, you're a non white person, you don't have any issues. You never get accused of stealing paper clips, you never get Uh, accused of being too quiet on the job, asking too many questions, taking too long of a lunch break. None of those problems. You get all of your bonuses, all of your promotions on time. Great office. If you need to leave, never have any problems. If you are in that position, please give us a ring. The number 641-715-3640. The code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound press star six, one. If you would like to participate, especially if you have figured out, hey, this is what to do. Whites, they never harass, bother me, put their hands on me and any sort of groping or unwanted touching. I don't have to deal with any of that. Please let us know so we can replicate what you have done. Certainly, if you're having any sort of issues uh, on the job and you would appreciate counter racist suggestions on how you might proceed in dealing with your situation, certainly give us a ring 641 3640 The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. If you do not want to dial in or if you're not able to ring on your phone, you can uh, email your commentary and I can read if you either have a question or if you just have commentary that you want to share uh, based on what's been discussed on the broadcast. You can email until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail And I can read your commentary or question on the air if you want to participate that way. Before I share uh, the two audio segments that we heard at the beginning of the broadcast, the segment talking about Papa John's, I was reminded there was a segment some years ago. I think this was like 2013. I'm sure you can uh, search it online. There was a Papa John's delivery driver and I think he like accidentally dialed the customer. It was a black customer who ordered the pizza and he like sang some sort of nigger song for like a minute or so. It was a long time. He did this whole little medley singing nigger and talking about how black people don't tip and all of this. And they got uh, recorded. Uh, all of this was a big to do. This was like four or five years. But anyway, I was thinking, no surprise that that would be rife uh, throughout the company, according to what they reported. Also, language they said "poison pill." That's what they're trying to concoct so that allegedly uh, Mr. Schneider will not be able to continue to influence and get more shares in the company. Hmm, poison pill. The lang the metaphors, and I, I paid attention. You had another metaphor that came up in the following clip about. The minimum wage in Alabama there, they didn't call it an act of racism. They didn't call it an act of economic terrorism, what the white legislators were doing to depress wages for this predominantly black area. They called it racially polarized Whatever that means. Mr. Fuller talked about that some years ago. He said even even when they will have an outcome where they might say, yeah, something incorrect has happened, there has been some subversive activity. They will not say it was racist. Uh, Maybe a little discrimination happened, but they will not. And they certainly will not identify and say, oh, yeah, this legislator here and him and him. These are all racists and they should be booted out amid that never Never, never. And where's the compensation? If they were racially uh, polarized, i.e. practicing white economic terrorism. Shouldn't there be some compensation? That's what they've done for previous victims of terrorism. How about some compensation uh, for the years of uh, terrorism that these black people in Alabama experience. We have listeners down in Alabama. This is why I say uh, checking the news is important. Uh, I was curious if any of our listeners, if you are listening live in the Alabama area, if you had any thoughts, uh, this had been discussed in your part of town, uh, part of the state. Uh, if you have any thoughts, that would be grand. A few things I wanted to share before proceeding again this is not a spectator broadcast. This program the cows in general is not a spectator broadcast, but this program especially, this is not one for folks to just tune in. Oh, I'll listen to, you know, what the, the Negras are doing on the job this week. That is not what this is about at all. There are many better options for entertainment on your Thursday evening. Uh this if you are a non-white person, if you have any sort of work history, work experience at all. Certainly, you can think about things that have happened to you, uh, even if it's things that you've witnessed on the job. I think that offer a lot of info about how whites function, what it means to be white, what racism is, how it works. I say that especially in my current context with yoga teacher training, where things happen constantly uh, that, you know, in my view, These are incidents of white supremacy racism. I just uh, talked about quite a few of them uh, on the broadcast yesterday uh, and going over uh, the how they invoke white supremacists in the manual and text of our training. And then uh, when it gets pointed out, uh, they fall back on quoting the late, great Nelson Mandela uh, Madiba. But I went in detail about that. Uh, Yesterday, we had uh, teacher training after the broadcast that I did yesterday and things just continued. Uh, I can add on to that. If folks recall. A few weeks back, I'd said that Gus briefly lost his cotton picking mind and considered I didn't say anything. I just considered. Maybe I should tell them that my quote unquote birthday is coming up and then I could leverage that to see if we can get on the roof or, you know, to manipulate to get something that I would like done uh, during that day's teacher training session. I got my cotton picking mind back and said, what are you doing? That just opened the door for a lot of tackiness and for them to have an excuse to practice racism. (laughs) Stay on your counter racist code. Fast forward, get to teacher training yesterday. White woman, suspected race soldier who is leading the training. Uh, my so-called birthday is days away. Uh, she says, uh, happy early birthday. And I'm like, oh, wow. Once again, anyone who thinks that white people are ignorant about racism and they're negras, you are mistaken. Uh, an early birthday wish, no less. Uh, and I already thought, see there, it would have been way worse if you had been, you know, doing anything to try to promote or say anything, it would have been way worse. And now I have to already be prepared to come in very low-key and just make that known. I do not celebrate so-called holidays. I certainly am not eating anything. I had <sighs> second moment where I lost my cotton-picking mind for about five seconds. They were talking about... uh all of the things that are supposed to happen uh, at graduation, which is like three weeks away. And I think there's supposed to be some sort of celebration or whatever. And so they were like, oh, this is, you know, like a potluck and everybody just brings in a dish. And still, I've been saying I've been very proud of practicing yoga, also very proud of being uh, vegan uh, for, I guess, seven months now. this entire calendar year and i think it's super helpful i would encourage non-white people uh to eat more vegetables i think it's better for us uh whites they do a lot of terrorism with the food even with the vegetables but that's a a whole nother uh program uh but very proud of being vegan and my first thought was oh wait a minute i'm vegan let's not have a whole lot of craziness because i have encouraged non-whites uh listeners black people to do this as well. They were talking about same silly thing with those goofy birthdays. Uh, I had a listener who was saying that they would they would buy a cake, I think, for everybody who was having a birthday and just talking about how unhealthy that is and all that sugar and the calories on everything. And I was saying, I think there was either you could make a suggestion or I think I even uh, may have told her to just suggest, hey, maybe it would be better if we could have fruit. Maybe you could get a big fruit bowl as opposed to cake Uh, I'm sure there have to be some people here who, you know, want to make sure that they're eating well for whatever reason. Maybe that would be a great alternative. We could have that as an option as opposed to having cake, you know, every other day. And I think they however it was suggested, they did get the fruit bowl, but they got the cake too. It was like they couldn't do without having, you know, some poison uh, to throw in there as well. So uh, I had said that, you know, hey, suggest something healthy that way you don't have to be terrorized with a lot of garbage. But I think the better option is always not consuming anything at all, uh, which is the code that I think should be invoked. At least that's the code that Gus will be invoking after I got my cotton picking mind back and said, Woof, I will not be eating anything. It doesn't matter. You can bring whatever you want. Go to McDonald's, chicken, whatever. Do it up. Uh, I'm not eating anything. So yeah and I'll make sure that I have uh, my excuse ready made for both if they come in uh, with a cake or anything else for Sunday and the party I don't remember when that is whenever that's supposed to be in three weeks. I'll make sure I'm prepared both ways to just say that I'm very uh picky. Uh, with my diet, uh, I'm aggressively uh, vegan, and I just don't have a lot of faith uh, in other folks and what they cook. So I just don't eat uh, products that are made by other people and just make that known. If they even bring it up in advance, like if they do a list or what have you, then I can just announce it in advance. So that way it's not, you know, any sort of shock or surprise or anything of that nature. Like, you know, I'll just make sure I eat beforehand. I'll have a beverage. Maybe somebody can bring a bottle of water. And I don't even know if I'd want that. Like <laughs> Like, just... I think it's best. It makes counter-racist sense. I think it's logical. No consuming of... Like I just said, the dude that worked for Papa John's, forget the... Or don't forget the CEO using calling black people niggers in the meeting. Don't forget that. But the driver, he was going to deliver the pizza to a black person. And on the route there, nigger the whole time. I played it on the program. I used it as a sound clip because literally he sung nigger for about... A good minute, 90 seconds or so. That's the sort of thing that should be thought about. These are the people that are getting an opportunity to put food in your mouth. Uh, Gus, all of us need to be reminded to make sure that that is ironclad every time. I don't care what it is. I'm good. I ate beforehand. I have peanut allergies. I'm vegan, upset stomach, whatever it is. You try them on. You have all your excuses ready made. I got to meet with my parents for a meal afterwards. Thanks. I'm good. However, it needs to, you know, be phrased. End point. Let's really work to minimize the opportunities for whites to put food in our mouth. With that, uh, I did have one more. I'll share one more. The uh, surveillance aspect. I have talked about that before. Uh, where you just got to recognize that many of the listeners have written in and talked about this before. If you are a non-white person, especially if you are a black person, system of white supremacy, you are being watched everywhere, especially on the job. Uh, Just understanding that and being prepared for that. So you're not surprised so that your behavior already reflects that thought, speech, action, regardless whether a white person directly is uh, present or not. You are functioning as though. I'm at I'm on the plantation. I'm going to make sure that I'm behaving as though I'm being watched on the plantation while I'm on the job. That being said, uh, with teacher training, uh, I have a cork mat courtesy of wonderful cows, investors, a cork yoga mat, uh, which is uh, rare. Most people do not. Not that they're super expensive or anything like that. They're not even the most expensive yoga mat by far, Uh, but it's just it's unusual. Most people don't have. Uh, cork yoga mats. I think they're newer uh, and they're just not as widely available as the different uh, other types of mats that you can have. Uh, So it looks really exotic. Um, You see it like, oh, wow, cork yoga mat. Uh, And so people frequently will do that when I have uh, my mat in class. White woman who does not even speak. I've talked about that before in training, and I've had many listeners who talked about that. White's on the job who you work with them 30, 40 hours a week, whatever it is. You see them all the time. You pass them and they don't even nod, like, don't even acknowledge your existence. I've said consistently, I don't take that sort of thing personally. It just confirms. Absolutely. Race soldier. That's what I thought to begin with. And I'm not speaking because we're homies or friends or anything like that either. I'm just extending, you know, these are just workplace courtesies. That's a part of my code as well, because they like to come back and get you and say, oh, that nigger is, you know, rude and, and you don't speak and you're not a team player and all that nonsense. Anyway, So this race soldier white woman, uh, I passed her directly. We were going to teacher training class, no less, and she didn't uh, even speak. And frequently when we're in class, uh, she's just very – I mean, she functions like I would expect a racist to function. Anyway, so I get to class on Wednesday, and she has a cork yoga mat. I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Not crazy, but just – Anyway, so they're like, oh, wow, you've quite never seen that before. So I go to sit down I'm like, oh, yeah, I have." it's like, of course, I know you have a cork. <laughs> I'm like, of, of course, at no point was it. Oh, yeah. Gus had one. I saw his and checked it out. At no point. None of that. Just, oh, yeah, I looked on Amazon, read a few reviews, that sort of thing. For me, again, just confirming, yes, you are always under surveillance and the tackiness of racist. They will look, if you have any sort of information, I think even some listeners have talked about this, if it seems that you might have some expertise, some information that they don't have, whatever they can do to steal that information, those details from you without crediting you, of course, uh, and then applying it moving on as they continue to practice white supremacy. Very common technique uh, in the system, just Something to note, uh at least for me, I thought it was something to note, and from a white woman, no less anyway, uh, the number again, six four one, seven one five, three, six, four, zero, the code five six, four, nine four, three pound, press star six one. If you would like to participate and again, uh, if we have any listeners, any of our listeners that are in the Alabama area, if you heard about the case with uh, the minimum wage, uh, what, the, what was happening there with the white legislators, depressing wages uh, in predominantly black areas. If you have any thoughts about the decision from this week, that would be grand uh, to hear directly from or if you've heard what people have been saying in your area about this particular event. That would be grand as well. Get to the phone lines, folks who dialed in. If you have a hand up, line should be open. Feel free to proceed. Can I be heard? Yes, sir.
9: Hey, how how you doing, Gus? Right, poorly. Um, this um this workplace uh, terrorism is in um. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm calling from New Jersey. This isn't about me, but this was a friend of mine, um, uh, victim, victim, of, uh, fellow victim. Also to add, he's also in a tragic arrangement, um, to give you a little rundown, um, some, some things that, uh, about this gentleman so you can get a clear picture. Um, he's an MMA, M- MMA fighter. He fights, you know, and he also trains a lot of race soldiers, um, he also one thing i noticed when i would be in the gym with him he uses uh the n-word often around um race soldiers um i you know i used to cringe uh you know and they also make racial jokes amongst each other all right so that gives you kind of like an idea of how he, he isn't real codified around them and um So on this particular job that he's on, you know, he is being terrorized by a race soldier supervisor. He also told me that, you know, this particular supervisor is biased. Um, He noticed um, the treatment that he receives from this race soldier in in comparison for, for other whites on the job is totally different. He drives trucks. So, you know, overtime, is um, if you need overtime, it's um, allocated or, you know, routes are given out. So, you know, it depends if you get a good route or bad route is all in this particular race soldier's um, hands. Uh, the race soldier would often come up to him, you know, to two um, inappropriate jokes. Uh, he makes, he said to him, hey, you know, I got some uh, fried chicken and grape soda. Do you want any? He said, you know, he said, no, you know, I'm good. Oh, I thought you brothers like fried chicken. A uh, joke, joke. Uh, Martin Luther King Holiday. This particular race soldier says, hey, it's your brother's birthday. Another joke. Now, um, I asked my, uh, you know, because I know how he behaves when he's training with m with the MMA uh, fighters who are white and one want- and when we're in mixed company, he makes a uh, stereotypical stereotypical jokes around them so i'm like you know did you go into this particular work environment joking like that i'm gonna assume he did he didn't deny it so you know but however this race soldier has been harassing him so he took it upon himself to go higher up and go to his immediate supervisor he complained he hasn't heard anything from the the super the 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 higher up but what the higher-up did was, instead of contacting him, he contacted the race soldier that he complained about. Giving that race soldier a heads-up that, you know, particular employee is making complaints about him. He also contacted HR. He, he basically uh, let them know, like, you know, there's some racial discrimination going on. Um, so now he's going to get a lawyer and basically... Um, file a lawsuit for discrimination um i really don't know how this is going to work out you know i don't think the lawyer um, notified the company as of yet but hr and the supervisors supervisor the higher up they haven't contacted him so he's right now he's in a hostile environment where when he gets his paperwork he went out his way to send other employees in there to get his paperwork. The particular race soldier noticed that he wasn't coming in, so now he's demanding that he come into the office and get his paperwork. Um, so, if anybody has any suggestions or, or or critique, that's about all I know about the situation. But me and this particular gentleman talked about. We talk about. We talked about racism. And again, he's in a tragic arrangement. Um, he he says he's not confused, but from some of his behaviors in the past, I would say I'm 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 less confused than he is. So I don't really know if this is going to have a positive outcome. He says he's going to file a lawsuit, but despite this, he's going to stay on the job. He's not leaving. Um, that's all I got for now. That's I with the information that uh, I have off. The
8: top of my head hmm. uh much obliged for that, sir. Uh, hope excuse me, had to sneeze Um. this is any I guess any suggestions that I or any of the listeners oftener would mostly be what they call Monday morning quarterbacking if he's already retained the services of an attorney. And how he's gonna address this, uh I would say, uh number one, I am still confused about white supremacy racism. It always is strikes me as significant when any non white person says that they are an expert or that they are not confused about racism. That being said, I think that when you are not serious. When you don't understand racism, white supremacy, what it means to be white, and your behavior doesn't reflect that on the job, I think it makes it much easier. You're still a victim. I'm not assigning culpability to any of us. Just saying uh, when you are not functioning in a logical manner in an environment that is hostile and dangerous, to put it mildly, uh, it makes it easier for predators to take advantage of us. And we've talked about this before, because um, we've had people who played like music on the job and they would play songs uh, that had a lot of filth and Black people saying nigger and all this other stuff. Uh, I, I think that if you are a Black person and you are saying nigger on the job or are cursing or making, you know, what they might call inappropriate jokes and that sort of thing, you are really... Making it easier uh, for racists to engage in that same sort of behavior and then the excuse that they'll have when they escalate, which they do to something that's not funny to something that's just flagrant terrorism or tacky racism when they do this the immediate excuse is going to be oh man we always joke around we've been messing around you know you come in and you joke about this and joke about that in fact you say nigga about 20 times a day and they might even have a recording you're under surveillance they might even have a recording you know of you saying nigga this and nigger that like what are you talking about i thought you know we were hey bro we were cool you're my brother man i don't even think of you as a as a black person. and they'll have it they'll have it easy uh, that, you know, oh, well, we, this is just the type of in, uh, work environment that we had. And then they they might even say, well, oh, okay, if it's serious now, then we're all going to be serious and no more playing around. You can't say it and that sort of thing. And, and moving forward, they still, there won't be any punishment for what the white person did. It'll just be, you know, we'll have to change the way that we will have sensitivity training and we'll all try to be better moving forward. But it, that's why I said it's it's not once you have been, and I think we talked about this a lot on the program as well for workplace racism, like if you've been on the job and you have been functioning in a non-codified manner, it can be more challenging to try to correct uh, some of those problems. And it, it sounds like this person might not even be functioning in a very codified manner now. I'm not sure. It'd be great if he has an attorney, it'd be great if he had notes On all of these incidents of white supremacy, subversive activity, as Mr. Fuller said, as opposed to just hearsay, like if you have dates, uh, times, exact information about what he's seeing in terms of mistreatment uh, on the job, that makes it way better. That's why I encourage consistently documentation, document, document, document. And then you can see how that contradicts their policy and procedure. I think that can put you in a better position uh, when you are. You know, talking if you're going to go that route of talking to attorney. Uh, The only other thing I would say is uh, in those situations, if a white person does make some sort of racist comment to you, I think some of the better ways of managing that sort of situation to say nothing. Not a word. Look them in the eye. Eye contact is huge. Emmy would again invoked. Uh, body language. Neutral face where you're not you know, frowning and gritting your teeth. Neutral. Just look them in the eye. And then go about your business. You can give them the, hmm. Questions. I'm a huge advocate of questions. Why are you saying that to me? That's uh, MLK Day. Your brother's holiday is tomorrow. Why are you saying that to me? Question. Steve, uh, yeah, that sounds like something a racist would say. That's just a flat statement. A lot of different options for how you can handle that, where you can get that behavior stopped immediately uh, without having to go make a report and anything like that. Because uh, in my view, you want to do things that work in your favor. It sounds like if I'm processing what you said, he reported it to the race soldier supervisor and then they didn't seem to stop the behavior. They just gave the race soldier notification that, oh, man, this Negro reported you and then went to H.R., which is not to help out the black person, the victim, which is probably just, oh, Negro is talking about us practicing racism. Let's get things in order so that we don't get sued and we're in good legal standing. That's generally the purpose of H.R. So in my view, it would be better. You can just document. That's another one. You don't have to say a word. You can pull out your pen and pad. And just write down exactly what was said. I have some grape soda, fried chicken. Do you want some, bro? I think he said bro, bro. I would just write it down. Do you mind repeating that, sir? And just write it down. I guarantee, or I won't guarantee, but I'm very confident that any of those strategies will accomplish the same thing. The behavior will be stopped. And you can just go about, you know, next incident of racism that's going to happen. I'll be prepped for that one as opposed to going to the supervisor and then you just get a Voltron effect where now they're all just working against you is what it sounds like. Uh, that's my thoughts. Any of the other folks who dialed in with the hand up any, and again, all of this is, is kind of Monday morning quarterbacking. If you've got that much confusion happening and your home residence, is, I would not have a lot of uh, high confidence that, you know, this is going to be resolved in a, in a manner that is satisfactory to the victim, just because there seems to be so much confusion uh, that could mitigate logic in how he proceeds with this. Uh, Any of the other folks that have... Just I, I could be totally in error, but I mean, if you got Tre
9: No, so Gus, what I'll do is, I'll, 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 how this thing ends, I'll call back on another Thursday and fill you guys in. If,
8: if if you guys remember, but thanks a lot. Spectacular. Always appreciate the updates. And again, I was just trying to break some of that down for logic for people that are listening in because I think that's always helpful for us to understand how racism works and you know how we can function in these environments. But I mean, as Pam the Great says, if you're going to bed with a white woman, white person period, uh at night. How can you wake up and fight racism white supremacy? That has a huge impact on our brain computers and us functioning logically. I could be in error but I don't think so. Uh did any any folks have any any thoughts or suggestions on proceeding with this case? Seems like it'd be very difficult, tragic. No thoughts. Going to be difficult. You can let it, and and this is another one uh, that you would have to be prepared for. It could take a long time. This is the type of thing that's generally not resolved in a week, a few days. This could be something that stretches out and ends up taking a year, three years. We've seen that many times. Sometimes it take it could take even longer than that. That's also something that you have to be uh, prepared for. Am I willing to invest the next three years and taking notes and whatever meetings I have to have? If that means talking to to an attorney, whatever that means, and being codified, dedicating time and energy for that amount of time to see this through to a resolution. Mr. Williams talks about that as well. Extremely uh, important and very realistic about the timetable for how this is all going to be wrapped up. Uh, Other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up. uh, Have heard? yes ma'am uh this is uh red in nevada
7: yes um thank you for allowing me to share uh uh the only thing i, I guess i wanted to comment right now on um is the uh the, the guy from i think he said new jersey his friend situation um my only comment is that even though he said he wants to remain at the job i'm not sure if um, at least maybe he should, you know, as I can, still always says, you know, update your LinkedIn or whatever, because with these type of situations, even though it might be in like the, these suspected racist's um, policies and procedures to, that they're not supposed to retaliate and this, any other white people, generally they write laws that they don't have to follow, or they find ways around not following them. So um, I don't. It doesn't seem like logical, even from like a business standpoint. If some, if your employee is going to sue you, to still keep them, um, to still keep paying them, uh, you know, uh, as their regular wage. So um, maybe just him thinking about even start looking at some other, um, some other place to to possibly to possibly work. Even if this works out in his favor, especially if it doesn't. Um, and I'll I'll meet my line and I'll share my situation later. Thank you.
8: Much obliged. Red in Nevada. I was thinking that as well when he said he was staying there to spite the white person. And I think many of us, Gusty included, have used a similar line of thinking. I'm not saying logic because I don't think that's a logical way of thinking, even when I've done it, uh, to spite someone. And that's, in my view, again, that's emotion. I think that's making decisions. Based off of our emotion, we're angry about a situation justifiably so upset about being mistreated. However, you still want to be logical in how you go about resolving, responding to that terrorism. And I don't know that just saying I'm going to continue to be employed by these particular race soldiers in a toxic terroristic environment, I don't know that that is quote-unquote spiting them. In fact, that might be one. What exactly do you mean by spiting them? How have they been quote-unquote spited by you remaining employed for them in an environment where you don't even feel comfortable going inside to get The paperwork that you need to do the job. I mean, it sounds like it's taking a toll on you. I I would think that would take a toll on me if it's gotten to the point. I don't even want to go inside where I have to ask someone to go in to get information that I need to do my job. And then they demand uh, that I come in, which they can do that. I've got to come in to get the paperwork. I mean, that would take a toll on my mental health. I would think that would. uh, Yeah, that important point, Red, I think Uh, we should not be in the business of trying to spite racist man, racist woman. Any other folks have uh, thoughts or suggestions for the Jersey friend? Check there. Make sure I get the other folks who had a hand up just to make sure I'm not missing before we move forward. Any other did, Were there any, any of these folks have suggestions for the Jersey friend or people just calling in with their own situations? Hi, Gus. Stacey in the UK, one forty-six a.m. Friday, August 3rd. Yes, ma'am.
10: Hi, Gus, to you and to the rest of the callers. I'm really sorry, but I didn't hear all of the details of the... Um, I think it was the person who called in talking about his friend. I didn't hear all the details. Um, but I would agree with what you and uh, I think it was Red that just said about, you know deciding whether or not I want to stay. And, you know, I understand the principle of not necessarily the statement that I'm going to stay to spite the individual. I don't know if I've ever thought in that way. But um, definitely, you know, the consideration that, you know, why should you if you've invested your career in um for a certain period of time uh, not necessarily in a particular organization but you've done a good job and you've not done anything wrong not feeling like you're gonna let a person push you out of your job and you know certainly not walking out of a job but if you do leave leaving to go to another Role, But I guess this person is saying that they're going to sue and stay at the organisation. Um, but I think the point about mental health and just understanding that those processes are extremely difficult. And I'm not saying to put the person off. I'm just saying it to be well informed. I don't care how strong a person is you are, it does take a toll. And I think, you know, when they, we talk on this program about valuing your time and your energy, um, it really is important to sit and think about that. And the fact is that whether we like it or not, these experiences do impact you outside of the workplace. And having gone through a process, which has a grievance process, which is actually just internally focused, um, has taken well over a year I mean certainly the terrorism was going on for a lot longer but the actual process was well over a year and extremely difficult and as much as I know that I gained a lot emotionally and mentally from actually standing up to the terrorism that I was encountering um, which has been helpful and am I Under the delusion that that means that they've stopped. No. Um, I think they just refine their practices. Um, You know, so that's worth thinking about as well. And then if the person decides to go down that route, and they may well decide that they do, um, I would just, I mean, they've already spoken about documentation, but if you're speaking to a union person and I don't know if they had mentioned they were working with a union and or a lawyer my advice would be do not act on anything I don't care who it comes from particularly a union or a legal representative if they're going to give you advice make sure they give you that advice in writing if they don't if they advise you on something and they're not prepared to put that in writing I would give that lots of consideration Um, And don't be forced to act on anything under anybody else's speed. I mean, obviously, when you're going through those processes, there are time limits to certain actions. But, you know, you make the decision and you give yourself the time to process the information. Do not let anybody force you to make decisions even within a process because not all advice is good advice and you don't know when people are giving you advice because they're corrupt, basically. So, you know, I would really take charge of any process that you're under. Don't let people uh, who've got so-called titles or represent in particular organisations dominate you in that process. It's about you, your career, your job, your income, your family, your responsibilities, you drive a process. I'll meet my line there, Gus.
8: Much obliged, Stacy in the UK. Very logical, critical uh, bit of information. Uh, if you are going to get suggestions from an attorney, get it in writing. Can I be heard? Retired firefighter in Florida. Incidentally, the image that's on uh, social media, for today's workplace racism, it's a report from Canada says retired firefighter has a lawsuit against the Halifax, uh, Canada Fire Department alleging racial discrimination, aka white supremacy. I said, Up, retired firefighter, another little homage. <laughs> Good to hear from you, sir.
2: Greetings, everyone. Uh, I would say uh, that uh, victim of racism is in a uh, very difficult uh, situation. Uh, what a way to uh, get a full dose about the system of race or white supremacy. Uh, he is actually is confronted with it on just about all fronts personal. And then when he goes to the workplace uh, uh with some help of himself, uh he is uh in the position that he's in. <sighs> i I haven't seen uh, a, a, or heard of a situation where things work out well uh, for that victim of race white supremacy uh, as far as employment at least on that on that particular job. Uh, I, I haven't heard about it, that things work out well for that non-white person. I mean, what what is a improvement situation? <laughs> it's not like the white people are going to go anywhere. And uh, the only thing that I can probably uh, uh, look at as far as what would happen is he would be spending a lot of money uh a lot of the money that he actually uh was supposed to be earning uh in that on that uh job uh to to pay a lawyer which probably would be a white lawyer at that you know so uh i don't know uh it's it's, it's uh it,
8: you you're asking for what possible suggestions right Right. That was what the friend who dialed in, just any, if there are any suggestions. And I think I said myself, yeah. I'm not uh, sure if there are many that can be offered. I mean, other than, other than you
2: know, uh, if, if I mean, if it depends on what their uh, uh, his relationship or if, if it was me in that call place on what kind of relationship I have with that person on whether or not I would speak about, you know, racism, white supremacy. Uh, to him uh, in a direct tone off the job Uh, you know uh, as far as that concerned you know it depends on like I said on how you know well we uh, uh, have been in contact with one another over over years or whatnot, that sort of thing do we do we uh, uh, interact uh, when we're not on a job and uh, basically I would ask permission to speak with him on the subject uh you know that sort of thing and then you know possibly some things can be said in that light uh but he certainly with his participation has really gotten himself in a you know uh, and i would say it's it, it actually it's, it's typical it's typical of of uh, of a situation of a non-white black person uh gets themselves in I've mentioned it before on the program, playing around with white people, playing with with racism at that, playing with racism, white supremacy with white people. And it's not a joke at all. The joke is going to be on that victim. Uh, Eventually in time, it's going to be on that victim. Uh, It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when it's going to take place with that victim. And uh, he basically, uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, uh, got that particular, uh, example, uh, you know, yesterday is, is testicles on, on your forehead today, you know, is some sort of, uh, uh, constant insults directly, uh, to him to whereas he's wondering where that's coming from, you know? And, uh, so, uh, that's the only thing I can think is that you know it depends on the relationship. But uh, I I would I would say as far as with him, he is a victim of racist white supremacy, regardless of some of the choices. You know, I mean, heck, some of us have made made some uh, choices of that nature also, and you know, all of us have made mistakes. But uh, I basically will move on to another profession, uh, as I've heard uh, to say I'm going to stay in there anyway. And that's based on emotions. That's based on emotions, and and one thing about the body, uh, it's not going to be able to take all take a lot of the, the the things that we send we we send send it through. You know, as far as the brain, you know, uh, the heart, <laughs> you know, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, to be in, you know, force yourself to be in a stressful environment that is obviously. Has went to the ends with uh, any type of constructive environment or or behavior, you know, to towards you, and and you you end up having a heart attack or a stroke or something, you know. It can it can measure to that point, you know, uh, you know, or or you know, MMA, it's a very violent sport, and some and there's a lot of people who is involved in that don't have a good understanding of the difference between uh, the activity inside the ropes. Sometimes they take that out, you know, when they're frustrated on other people and he can, he can end up doing that, you know, uh, end up going to the standpoint where he put some MA, MMA on somebody in there. Now, you know, real things can really go bad very quickly in that type of situation, you know, to where again, it can end up being somebody's death, his or whoever, Uh, he, uh, enacts that on and then, you know, things get really bad, you know? So I would say, uh, you know, try to correct some of those mistakes that he obviously is aware of and move on, you know, to another profession as far as they're concerned. Thank you.
8: Appreciate that retired firefighter. Uh, we can take it. There's one more suggestion uh, for our friend in New Jersey. Uh, if anybody else has a thought before we move on and folks can share whatever personal situations they had. Uh, if you have problems or if you figured out some great codification to apply. One more suggestion. Or are we ready to move forward?
11: Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, I have a suggestion for the um, mail. Got himself in this situation. Um, maybe he should not... Maybe if he gets a chance to talk to this man without it interfering with his job, tell him to not talk so much. Maybe just listen and watch versus talking so much because I'm not saying it's his fault. What I'm saying is if he weren't as vocal he'd have a little more to work with. That, that That's all. I understand. I I like how they uh, came together uh, for as human resource and warn them that there's someone who may have an issue so they can clean it up or fix it up or, you know, how they tend to word things in a particular way that make it seem as if there's no racism here or there's no harm here or that kind of thing. And then maybe just because he's going to need another job like a firefighter, Stated or the retired firefighter. He's gonna need another job. This is it. It's over. It's not gonna get any better for him at this particular job. So maybe for the next job, yeah, er, he could zip those lips, just oh never Close his mouth, listen more, watch more, do your job, go home. If you wanna talk, find something else, somewhere else to communicate, whatever it is. But not at work, and and that's that's my um advice or suggestion or whatever.
8: Yes, ma'am, mom in the Bay Area, very logical. I am a big advocate of doing more listening and less speechifying, especially on the job. Uh, absolutely, uh, and especially. Idle chatter. If it's, you know, just talking nonsense and silliness and jokes like, oh, man, gossip, any of that. Like, no way that all of that should be tossed uh, as a part of just attempting to be as codified as possible uh, in the workplace. You are not on the entertainment committee, Mr. Neely Fuller, Jr. Uh, Other folks uh, much obliged, our caller in New Jersey. Uh, Other folks, if you dialed in, if you uh, have your own situation that you would like to share. Line should be open. Press star six one if you dialed in. You'll be
11: heard.
3: What? Oh, go ahead. You go. I'll push mute. Oh uh, well, I yield the floor to the lady if she wants to go first. Well,
11: oh, what? thank you, because I have to be at work at 630, and I'm in the work parking lot. So I wanted to share my um, workplace racism, please.
8: Yes, ma'am. Let's hear it. Thank you for yielding the floor, Rob. Okay,
11: okay super. Um, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I have a dear friend, very dear to me. They work in Oakland, California for the city. Um, he's taking on all these murders uh his job has turned from just being maybe a youth advisor or working um to help at risk youth through his job through the city to every single murder you need to be on the spot on the, it, it it it's it's sad because he's he's witnessing a lot of black death and what they're having him do is go around the different hotspots in Oakland, particularly East Oakland, because his division is East Oakland versus the other it, North and West Oakland. So he's in the East Oakland where they're very adamant about killing. So he's going around passing out different literature. So as the, the death toll is rising, his job is increasing, but not his pay. So now they have him going to the families of these... Um, shooting victims, relocating him, uh, but other people are taking credit for his work. So recently there was the, the young lady at the uh bar station which is out of his region because where the, the bar station is, it's um I guess that would be considered North Oakland. Um but now all of a sudden because it's okay, everyone is, have, has this voice of, oh, we're going to do this because this particular situation is televised. It's The media has uh, gravitated to it, so it's more televised, so you can be seen looking at this. You're doing something constructive versus the rest of the death. They're giving these men the shooters... Um, the normal shooters in Oakland, we don't know who they are. They're accusing it to be the to blackmail the shooters. But since this slicing at the bar station, we don't know who's doing the shooting with these assault rifles that they're giving him. So what I did was send him a clip of Neely Fuller Junior. Sometimes you have to slip it on to people. Uh, there's a cartoon. I put I did it in the cartoon form. I think it's probably it goes, right? I, there's a little cartoon form of it and it's just a clip eight to ten minutes um but it gave him an idea and I know he watched it because last week he told me um I'm asking him well what do I do because I have a son my son stops at that bar station in order to go where he's going so what do I what do I do so he said it's just like the cartoon you sent me of the the older guy when he um really I guess he was stating that um the, the shooting um, and the drugs in the neighborhood, it was something similar to that. And it was a clip from The Cow. But everyone's not going to listen to The Cow, especially the way we do our programs with the two, three, hours, sometimes depending on who it is, more than three hours. So you do it in segments. And that particular segment of Neely Fuller Jr. defined everything that he's going through in Oakland to know that it's bigger than not him or the other big it's the powers that be the racists that are controlling it so he doesn't do as much as far as at night do risking his life he's pulled back a lot and he's more vocal his life being at risk so you guys can say faith and the new mayor can get elected reelected again because you're out there doing all of the work as far as calling yourself, cleaning up something that they keep making dirty. So that that's all for my workplace racism. And thank you so much for taking my call.
8: Much obliged. Uh, I guess kudos for sharing uh, constructive content, Mr. Fuller's content, uh, to with another victim uh, to try to help him better understand racism, white supremacy, and and how it applies to what was happening to him on the job. And they do that sort of thing all the time. I would would think in that sort of situation, because most of the time, if they have a black person and they're going to work them excessively and not compensate them for all of this, the excessive exploitation of their time and energy, uh, it's generally not something where you're working directly with other black people. Uh, So I'm sure for him uh, feeling like, oh, man, you know, I want to help and I want to try and help uh, these black people out. But I mean, again, if this is a job, whites, they will totally burn you out. Use every ounce of strength and energy that you have. your very life force. Uh, They will use everything of your being. Fire you take credit for everything that you did. Get another black person. Uh, Probably start them at a lower salary and start the whole process over again. I mean, they are phenomenal uh, at that sort of thing. Uh, And Depp, black mental health, we talked about that on the program uh, before uh, in terms of him advocating for his own safety uh, and not being run around every hour of the night uh, to extinguish every fire, uh, as they say, and address every problem. Just black self-respect. Uh, In terms of how he's uh, functioning and and having some regard for how he's being used, uh, manipulated uh, on that job, even though I'm sure he wants to do a good job and help out the uh, residents of Oakland. Uh, And even that, all those killings, I thought that was important, too, in terms of who is responsible. Same thing that Pam used to talk about uh, in Chicago, who is responsible for all of these deaths. It's so easy to blame it on other black people. Same would apply for Oakland or any place else uh, in the known universe under this system. Uh, Much obliged, Rob in Wisconsin, for yielding the platform. Uh, If you wanted to share,
3: proceed, sir. Uh, Greetings, Gus, uh, callers and listeners on the line. I just have a quick update. Uh, I haven't been working uh, due to injury. I recently filed for a temporary social security disability, uh, which was denied. And, um, I'm sharing because, um, I don't really want to appeal it, um, although I have to, um, to actually, uh, be classified as disabled, um, at such a young age is, um, tough to face right now. And, um... Uh, I was before the injury uh, took total control I was attending school and working and um, I have been getting better um, and uh, opportunity presented itself to uh, work for the same company that uh, I was released from uh, before the injury Um, and although I'm not uh, ready uh, to work, um, am being forced to, um, and, um, I'm really just, uh, sharing to put it in the atmosphere, um, because I don't know, um, moving forward, like, what the quality of my life will be, um, as I, uh, move toward this decision. And um, I am leaning toward taking uh, the fall semester off to uh, secure the job and uh, pick up my uh, studies in the spring semester. And uh, thank you for allowing me to share.
8: Hmm. Thank you uh, for sharing. Uh, I hope you continue to heal uh, at an accelerated rate, really. Uh, but that—that that is a lot of Black people. In fact, uh, it reminded me, Dr. Tommy Curry's been a guest on the program repeatedly. Uh, he has written about uh, Black people, Black males specifically, who suffer with disabilities and the additional white supremacy that they face because you are still targeted as a threatening potential rapist criminal Negro, even if you you know are disabled uh, in the system, that's just the way that whites have, have structured things. He has a, so I think even several papers, but well, we talked about it uh, on the program, uh, 2016, I believe uh, we talked about that specifically. Uh, anywho, but I'm sure a lot of, or I'm sure there are a number uh, of victims who can relate uh, just having their life in upheaval uh, and trying to make plans when you have uh, health problems that impact uh, your ability to work, uh, your ability to continue uh, your studies, uh, your ability just to uh, exist, uh, and having whites uh, be in control of those decisions—Are we going to acknowledge uh, your disability and compensate you? Uh, or are we going to say no? We don't uh, think it's that you know significant. We're not going to compensate you to be in that position and just not being able to to make plan all of the stress and anxiety and how that. Erodes uh, your mental health, in addition to all the physical ailments, and just being able to recover, you know, on 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 your own on your body's own timetable. Uh, Whites they are they are extraordinary uh, at that sort of thing. Regularly, I'm I'm certain there are a lot of black people who can uh, relate. So much obliged for sharing, Rob in Wisconsin. Uh, If folks have commentary either on what uh, we heard from Rob in Wisconsin or our mom in the Bay area, or if you have your own situation that you wanted to share with us, line should be open. Proceed. May I be heard? Uh, Red in Nevada. Yes, ma'am.
7: Thank you for allowing me to share. Hello, everyone. Um, First thing I wanted to comment on with uh, the mom from the Bay area's uh, commentary. Um, I thought that was a, at least a, a, fantastic um, example of how white people they really don't they really do have the resources to fix a situation or at least help a situation and they decide to do something that is not um, really not that beneficial as far as I'm and nothing against the, the black male who has to pass out the paperwork but I feel like with California you know they have sanctuary cities. I remember I was reading about that and, um, just with the whole funding and stuff like that, that the president, um, different other white people are trying to stop the president from defunding, uh, cities and they brought up California when it comes to sanctuary cities, but they cannot do more than, um, have a black male out passing out pamphlets for, um, victims of white terrorism or even, you know, confused victims. Um, so that's, that's just rude. I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I, I definitely appreciate her sharing the story um, with Rob from Wisconsin. I, I'm definitely sorry to hear that you are going through the, the situation that you're going through, especially with um, your ailment. Uh, the one thing that I would maybe suggest thinking about is just the opportunity cost of working for a company who probably not, who I've, um, you know, likely is not going to pay you what's your worth. I know I've heard that. Con- uh, consistently um, from victims. And then also, like, just with um, what Gus had shared, you know, you're still, they still might require you to, I don't know if it's going to be like manual labor or what have you, but they, it may be likely that the white people, they will disregard um, the, the disability that you do have, breaking down your body even more. So I, I know it doesn't seem, you know, it's, it, it's not always the best to consider yourself as being disabled, but, you know, we're, um you know, we're all like, you know, you know, severely retarded, like Gus says, you know, because of the system of white supremacy. So it's just like, you know, I don't feel like maybe trying to not, so not um, obsessed so much over the label of being disabled and just maybe even, you know, just taking the help even temporarily, maybe even being able to, you know, build up your strength or build up your, you know, your body, if it's possible. Um, so just maybe thinking about that, and just thinking about maybe school as being an investment, especially if you maybe don't want to necessarily work for you know less than what you're worth. Um, so just thinking about that. Uh, that's all that I wanted to share on um, other people's comments, and uh, with my recent, um, with my job actually, they recently um, told me that I'm going to be taking on more work. They and of course for no more pay. I remember I did ask that immediately. They're, they said, oh, you're going to be learning another task. And I'm like, oh, for more pay? And there's like, no, no pay, no extra pay. So, you know, just the system and just, again, not paying you what you're worth. I have been really um, trying hard to not um, talk so much because, of course, they moved my seat again, uh, or I'm sorry, not my seat, they moved the seat. And I treat it as if it is the seat or, um, you know, the workstation. Uh, they moved it again, which I find this is one of the, plant, the plantations that constantly keep people uh, moving and um, move. I'm moved by some more um, non-white black females who like to talk, and so just really trying to make sure I keep having to remind myself to stay on hold, not talk so much, especially during the idle, um, you know, the idle, uh, you know, times, the, like the downtimes or whatever because white people, they do consistently listen. Um, there was even like a, a white racist, i taller call her racist because she is in a tragic um, arrangement. Um, they will comment on some of the stuff that the other victims are saying. So I know that's one thing that I do have to constantly um, keep in mind myself and um, I, I guess I'll just uh, leave it there. And thank you for allowing me to share.
8: Context of white supremacy and keeping the squatters on the move, even in the workplace. Um, I would not be surprised if that's an, a strategy that's invoked at other places or invoked increasingly, but just having uh, people move constantly uh, in the, the work environment. Uh, thank you, especially places like that. But I think it's helpful, helpful uh, to keep that in mind at all times. Like this is uh, the system This is exactly as they want it to be. If they want us to move every day, that's what it's going to be. They can do that. They are in charge and just having that mindset. And again, not having stuff at your desk, uh, that would certainly be an ironclad part of the code. Uh, Anytime I see that, oh, okay, so this is not permanent at all. Uh, We were playing, you know, musical chairs uh, every other day, every week or what have you. Great. When it's time to move. I maybe have a pen and that's it. Let's roll. <laughs> Ready to do it. New desk. Uh let's get it cracking. Um, and not how allowing that to, to frustrate me uh at all. And definitely again on the chatting, uh I would definitely assume if I was in a work area where I was around mostly non white people and I know it's whites there that are racist and they're, you know, keeping an eye keeping an eye out on me. I would definitely assume that they are listening in every conversation. What are we talking about? Keeping an eye on us? Are we getting too chummy? I think you talked about that before, too. I would not be uh, I would not allow myself to forget that at any point. Uh, Like I can be courteous and we can be cool with all the folks here, but not going to be acting like this is our little neck of the woods and we can do whatever we want. We are under surveillance Uh, and they will probably break us up as soon as it looks like we have gotten too chummy if we're getting along courteously over in this part of the plantation. Uh, If other folks, uh, if you have commentary on what's been shared thus far, or if you have your own situation, uh, lines should be open. Proceed. Proceed.
11: Can I be heard?
8: Codified software developer in Wisconsin. Yes, ma'am.
11: Yes. Uh, Good evening, Gus. Good evening to all the callers and listeners. Um, A few things uh, about the first situation, what was shared, I totally agree with pretty much what everybody has said, that 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 gentleman probably needs to get a new job, that it won't get any better for him at that company and that he should probably be looking for a new plantation. Um, As far as uh, your commentary about uh, only keeping a pen or uh, a few items at your desk, um, yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I've been moved uh, to three different desks in the past three or four years that I've been working uh, working at the job that I work at right now, and it's very easy to pack up my desk when all I have is the computer that they've given me and a couple of pens. So I definitely agree with that. To Robin, Wisconsin, I'm, I'm very sorry that you're dealing with that. Uh, I hope that um, things uh, get better for you. I will say that, um, you know, if you look at disability as uh, sort of a temporary thing, um, to use it as a temporary way to get um, some sort of help while you're strengthening yourself, while you're healing properly, um, I I would definitely um, encourage you to at least try to appeal once um, because I I think that you would be greatly benefited if you did not have to deal with the stress on a job while you're healing from your injury. Um, as far as um, my commentary, I just have a couple of things. Um, I guess this is the day where everybody calls in about somebody, uh, some workplace racism that happened to someone else. But I've been noticing at my job that um, one of the white architects, white male architects at my job has been, and for lack of a better term, sexually terrorizing the non-white, uh, non-black male on my job does so-called Indian male on my team and I started noticing this uh, maybe a couple of months ago he was in a meeting with uh so we were all in a meeting together and the white male put his put his hand on the non-white male's arm and he let it linger and the non-white male looked down like he you know you know looked down very quickly like don't touch me but he didn't say don't touch me and um uh, you know, I noticed that. And then yesterday at my um uh, we were in an, another meeting, and the white male came in late to that meeting, and the only seat that was available was next to this non white male. And he sat in the seat and then moved very close to the non white male. And the non white male looked visibly uncomfortable. And he said, Oh, you're just going to sit there, huh? And, and the white male's like, Well, this is the only seat that's available. So I, I think that he's, you know, testing this non-white male, um, very uncomfortable to watch. I've seen sort of homoerotic behavior from this white male before, um, with another white male, we were in a meeting and, you know, they just started touching each other and playing around with each other. It was like they were in first grade and they liked each other. You know, it was just this little playing around and footies and everything else. And, uh, everybody looked very uncomfortable, but nobody said anything. Um, so I, I think this white male, I, I don't think, I don't think this white male identifies as anti-sexual. He's quote unquote married with two children, but um, he clearly has some, there's clearly some sort of sexual predatory, sexually predatory um, behavior going on with this non-white Indian male. Also in terms of, in terms of Brad's commentary uh, with, them giving you more work and not compensating you. The lead architect in my job has really been very sneaky about doing that where he'll put me on a project and it'll be, and he's my boss's boss, so he goes over my boss's head, he puts me on a project, and it's a great deal of work. And Nine times out of ten, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, the analysis and the architecture. And so in order to get the project done, I have to basically be an architect, even though I'm not getting paid to be an architect. Um, My favorite thing to do is remind people that I am not an analyst or an architect, that my job description or that my job title is developer, because they have not given me the title nor the extra compensation and then ask what my job duties are as a developer. Um, That's all I have to share tonight. Thanks so much for listening. I'll meet my line.
8: Much obliged. Wow. Codified software developer. Uh, Get my plug in again. Delectable Negro. uh, Gus's top 10. One of the best books that we've read. Lots of information about the history of racist Homo erotic behavior, way way centuries before Jeffrey Dahmer and all of that, but definitely go back and uh, check out Delectable Negro in the book club, no less. Uh, with what ha- what's happening with the non white, non black male on the job, or the the touching or sitting uh, close to him, any of that. We've talked about that before, and not being surprised about any of that behavior, and just making sure that we have a solid code if that's whoa uh, i don't do any touching moving that hand away if that means standing up immediately but just making that clear it sounds like from what you said like they're they're trying to test him we talked about that many times let's see what we can get away with i'll sit really close to him or i'll touch him here thomas in new york talked about that incident where the white guy went and went to grab his genital area his groin area to zip up his pants uh allegedly just being very very clear and i mean unambiguous black self-respect at like maximum about any sort of violation of physical boundaries, because that sort of thing can get very, very out of hand. And generally whites just keep pressing to see how far a retired firefighter. He already mentioned the testicles on the forehead that happened in a fire, uh, in a firehouse uh, where he reported before. And I've heard multiple incidents like that uh, on job situations of whites practicing racism uh, in that manner uh, where the sexism or sexually abusing non-white people, males and females on the job. So uh, be serious, take it serious. Uh, Do not be shy at that moment and and be prepared uh, because it's been so many of those types of incidents talked about on this broadcast and every day, that shouldn't be a surprise. We should already have a code in terms of how we want to respond, what we say, what we do, how we move our body, when that sort of thing happens and you can practice that on your own in your residence. Uh, whites they are stellar uh, I mean they have got that as a, a phenomenal aspect of their code on the job at getting black people to take on more work uh, Some of the, I think we've heard a bunch of the tactics on this program some of the times they'll get another lazy racist to not do their work and they'll say oh this person had to take a vacation so we're going to help we're going to help them out we'll pitch in and do a little bit of their work they got lots tons of ways uh, of getting black people non-white people on the whole Uh, To do more. And then we're not going to compensate you and then have the audacity to call black people lazy. Other folks uh, who dialed in, if you have commentary that you would like to share, if you have comments on what's been shared thus far or if you have your own situation, line should be open. Proceed. Uh, male caller, I did hear you. Uh, We will nab Stacy in the UK first.
10: Um, hello again to you guys and to the rest of the callers a couple of things Um, I think over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about refining our code in the right place I think I'm on I think it's my third maybe fourth week back in the office now the second full week Um, I'd scored myself at maybe 50% well, i at 60% in terms of my standard for um, uh, refining my code and how well I'm adhering to that. Um, and in line with the theme that's been running tonight of talking about non-white uh, uh, people being terrorised on the job, I did mention a black female who is a, also a victim of racism in the organisation I worked with who I have been very careful about how I speak to her because she has used the information about me in conversations with HR and others in relation to the terrorism that she has been encountering. Um, And I did speak about that a couple of weeks ago where I said, you know, I asked her to just be careful about, you know, talking about my situation, even though she didn't specifically name me. Um, she talked about the situation and others um anyway I you know I'm trying to exit having conversations with non-white people about racism in the workplace and it's uh you know it's it's an ongoing process because people do bring things to you however I did ask her about her situation at the end of last week um, just to find out how things are going for her because essentially I mean uh, and relating to the earlier conversation this evening she was um, ganged up on by a number of people in the team that she worked with and that did include some non white non black people however, it was I believe it's mainly um whites so and, and definitely confirmed racism she was the head of the team, and you know as we all know, that doesn't really mean that- um they're gonna want to listen to you and certainly treat you as um somebody who's in charge of them that is going to probably cause you more problems anyway um she ended up at one point suicidal with everything that was going on with her. Um, so, you know, she's she's really had a difficult time with it. Um, and if things were as they were, uh, she would have been out of the organisation a long time ago. Only she has fought back. And, um, you know, she has... And I think that's in part why she was pulling together information about how other non-white staff in the organisation were being um, mistreated, i.e. treated, um, you know, racist bullying in the organisation. And so at the end of last week, I did ask her how things were going for her, not to get into a conversation about racism, but to make sure that, you know, she was okay because essentially they were trying to get rid of her. She's challenged them on their processes and has now been able to secure a new role for herself where she hasn't had to apply for the role she has been assimilated into a new role and actually the role that she's got will mean that she has oversight of the unit that um did terrorize her so not in a direct management capacity but in a governance um capacity as part of senior management and central sort of uh, governance team, um, which she seems very amused about. So I think, you know, that she has had to fight, basically. Um, And so when I spoke to her in terms of my code, it wasn't necessarily to get into a conversation about racism, but just to make sure that she is okay, because even though I didn't really appreciate her discussing my information, um, I did want to make sure that she was okay, certainly in terms of her employment, and um, she seems to be mentally stronger as well at the end of all of this, although um you know i did she did mention to me that she'd had some conversations with people, and again i didn't want to say too much to her, but I just said, just be careful about the conversation that you are having. Um, and that's as far as I can go. And She can take that as she wants. But, you know, it's the conversations that she was having were with other non-white staff. However, um, they were people who are involved in the BAME Black and Minority Ethnic Network and also the union. And I certainly know the union person who I have been also who has also been involved with my situation uh, as a non-white female, I deeply suspect that, you know, she's being steered by the racists in the organisation. And uh, again, this goes back to the earlier conversation about just being careful and not to um, assume that people who are allegedly working on your behalf are. And we all know that, yes, victims of racism can be, um, used against us, however, um, you know you have to be mindful and um, that 's as much as I say about that situation so yeah, I would give myself fifty percent um or fifty or sixty percent in terms of my own code, but it was more to do with making sure that she was okay. I was also approached today by another non white female who I didn't mention racism, she brought it up to me. I think she was probably just wanting to find out lots of information about my situation. I didn't um, reveal anything. Um, So, again, you know, I'm kind of pleased with myself. However, she did ask me some questions about, again, the BAME network and the work that they're involved in. And they are actively encouraging non-white staff to get involved in um, activities for um, Black History Month, which is in October for us in the UK. Um, now, she started off the conversation by saying to me that she had um, been going through, you know, a difficult situation in her unit, um, and that might be true, but I do think she was just trying to pry to get information out of me, um, and then went on to talk about the BAME Network. So I said, oh, um, how do you even think the Black History Month celebrations are going to help you with the um, bullying that you're experiencing in your unit? Oh, uh, well, I don't think it is. I says, well, there you go. And then she said, I wish I was as cynical as you. And so her using the logic applied on this show, I said, no, I'm not cynical at all. Um And also, I'm just being careful because obviously people can be very malicious. Uh, I said, no, I'm not cynical at all. I'm just being logical. And also, I mean, there has been talk in the organisation about improving the BAME pay gap. So again, my question to her was, how are the Black History celebrations going to um, solve the BAME pay gap? And I left it at that. But yeah, so I kind of went too far with her in that conversation, but I didn't reveal anything about my situation. So I will get better. And the last thing I'll say is that um I did overhear well, um suspected racism racists are very good at whispering. However, I did hear uh overhear slight conversation today about by some suspected racists, one of them I don't think is really a, a suspect, I believe she is racist, having a conversation um, about books that they were reading. And I heard a bit of conversation which started off, or, or, or they seem to be mentioning the situation in Rwanda. And then they went to The Colour Purple. And one of them said, yes, I read The Colour Purple when they were at school and I couldn't I was trying to, what is the link between these two you know the colour purple and the situation in Rwanda and why are they talking about you know non, a book of, that's all about non-white people and certainly Rwanda is a non-white country and um, how these two connected I suspect there was a very racist conversation, but they were it wasn't clear. They were doing a lot of whispering. But if anyone else on the line knows the connection between uh, The Color Purple and Rwanda, help me out, please. I'll meet my line there, Gus.
8: Hmm. Wow. We, I guess if we wanted to be really technical, uh, The Color Purple, since they emphasized the book by Alice Walker, that would be a cowbell, too. But, you know. How technical are we going to be? Anywho, uh, that is uh, such a a bevy of of information. We got a self-critique where she's putting herself at about 50, 60 60 percent in terms of where she would like to be uh, on her counter-racist code. That is uh, being your own toughest critic. I've heard Mr. Fuller say that. All the time. That sounds like being a tough critic. I know uh, 60 percent in most classrooms that I've been in, that would be an F. So that is uh, tough criticism uh, from Stacey. The situation with the victim. I said that before. We are under surveillance. Sometimes it might not be a nifty gadget. Sometimes it might just be another non-white person that you are conversing with and you make all of your commentary, these crackers that did this and blah, blah, blah. And then they go back and, you know, share what you said. They're still victims, but the system of white supremacy, racist, they have set this up where it's easy for them to manipulate other victims to get them to help maintain their system. Uh, if that means getting a non white person to snitch on you or otherwise participate in you being harmed, it's easy for them to do that. That's what white supremacy means. So be mindful of that uh, when you're chatting it up with other victims at all times. Uh, great. Qu- I'm always, I've said it before, I can just echo. I am a enormous advocate of asking questions. So all of the hoopla, I'm so ashamed that I said October before Stacy did, even though I was muted when she was saying uh, black history month over here in the UK is in October. Uh, I am. I thought that was such a phenomenal question. Uh, all of the hoopla for the black and minority ethnic uh, celebrations going down in October. Is that going to help remedy the pay gap. Oh, uh, it's, you know, uh, the uh, the the Duchess is, and, and, and they're going to be talking about the royal wedding. I got an interruption. Oh, man, my phone just rung. I'll get back to you in a second. Like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I mean, if it's if it's that big a deal and you want my participation. In the the BAME group and and what we're going to be doing, all of the shindigs for Black History Month, well, we got serious problems here, the black and minority ethnics, as they say. We got serious problems. Any of the cupcakes or whatever we're going to be doing, is this going to help solve some of our problems? That's not being cynical. That's just being a logical, correct-thinking person. And incidentally, I don't know why asking a question makes one cynical. Particularly if I'm not being compensated correctly and I'm asking if this is going to help solve my compensation problem. Why does that make me a cynic for just asking if this is going to help out with that department? Questions, questions and self-evaluation. I think that's really important because you are the most informed person about your experience on the job, how you're responding uh, in terms of even how you would like to respond. You are the one that has the best idea of this is what I think my response should be the way that I envision myself. Like the a plus version of me counter racist responses. What I say, this is the question I would ask this is what I would do in this situation, that situation you are in the best position to know, Hey, this is exactly the way that I wanted to function. If I can do this every time, boom, I'm going to be knocking things out on the job or I did this. I want to say this next time. I want to move this way next time. I want to make sure that my facial features are this way next time around. I want to ask this question. You are in the best position to know and you can implement because, as I said before, racists will always give you another opportunity to practice your counter racist code. Much obliged, Stacey in the UK. Other folks, uh, if we've not heard from you, if you have your own situation or if you have uh commentary on what's been shared thus far Uh the male caller who yielded the floor. Uh, you should be with us, sir. Thank you kindly for your patience. Did you have commentary? Can I be heard? Your volume
0: is a hey, little, lo- Oh yes, sir. We We can hear you. Okay, great, great, great. Um, I just—I'm black male engineer. I haven't called in a while. I just wanted to um, comment on Stacy's situation. That sounds terrible, and um, I'm praying for you. And um, <clears throat> I just wanted to talk about some things that I noticed over past like month and a half that I've been away from the show. Um, I've come to realize that um, Latinos function as white people, especially on the job and that they are very dangerous in a lot of cases. Um, Because if I was to take all the Latinos that I work with and those are probably, Latino people are probably the largest ethnic quote unquote minority on the job. But if I was to put them all together, um, you would just see a room full of white people, like white looking people with like Spanish last names and um, accents. So I'm not really sure um, what the point of the Latino ethnicity is, if not to just cause confusion amongst non-white people on the job. And you have to be very careful because majority of the Latinos that I work with that are married to white people. So any kind of solidarity that you think you could have with them, um, likely not um, the case because, you uh, So far, you know, I'm in America, Florida. Um, They seem to function as white people. And um, that can be very dangerous if you don't understand that on the job. Um, Because there's a large number of them at my job and they all look white. Um, I wanted to talk about the moving around thing on the job. Different cubicles, different teams. I've been moved around three times since I... I uh, started my job. I started three years ago, um, engineering. And uh been moved around three times to three different teams. Uh, and it's been a year since I was last moved. And before that, I was moved to another team um, in November 2016. I was moved to a different team, but I wasn't told because I was still getting work from the previous team. And uh, finally, my boss told me, that, oh, I moved you to a new team, but they were still sending me work for a completely different type of, like, engineering job. So and um, so that just created confusion. And um, later I moved again, and that was three months later after speaking to, like, the head supervisor. Put me on a completely different team platform, completely different requirements. And I feel like they do that so you can't, get grounded in certain skills in one area too long so you can't become like a subject matter expert. Um, I feel like that was really the purpose was to just uh, stifle my skills on the job and um, as a black person you have to be cognizant of that That white people will move you around if they feel like you're getting too empowered at a particular position they can and will move you around and then um <clears throat> Last thing I wanted to I remember Gus uh you talked about owning up to your work in a podcast not too long ago on workplace racism and that really helped me out because I was having issues with that because I guess the way that white people function especially in like um like the type of job I have they're like technical authorities so they can be wrong or they can have very opinionated um answers with very little facts, but it's still taken as like the truth. So as a black person, it's very hard uh, for me to get certain things pushed, certain questions answered, certain numbers ran because I'm often at the mercy of the white person that's reviewing my work. Um, So I have some emails with my supervisor. I just want to read a couple. It'll be really quick. Um, He said, for this project, what is the justification for allowing the current uh, thickness of the skin? On I work on airplanes, on the airplane. And he asked also, what did the uh, a previous report, um, what was the purpose of it? He said, did it add an alternate repair procedure? Can you provide the actual justification for the change? And my response to him was... Um, what do you mean by justification analysis question mark please clarify and the reason i asked was that um they often use very vague terms like justification or engineering judgment um, or intuition when you ask them certain questions about how we should handle um, certain processes and it's just very confusing to get any consistent standards done especially on my new team. So um, he asked me where was the justification and where was it located? Did I write something up or did I file it like on the server? And I explained to him that justification for the repair procedures um, were based on a report from the operational manager of the aircraft and that, um, I actually wrote up a report justifying why the current um, skin thickness on, like, the wing was adequate, and it wasn't a danger to anyone flying the aircraft. And uh, after I explained that to him, he asked me uh, where was it. So I attached it on the email. And during the emails, he uh, he, he seemed to be getting a little angry, um, and he uh, he asked me about another report. And he said, uh, so if the canopy starts crazing or smearing as a result of using this product, all you have is verbal discussion from so-and-so. How do you defend your disposition? So it's come to the point now where like everything I do is like really being scrutinized. And he's just, he's pretty much saying like, how do you justify any of the work you do when I'm trying to explain to him that we don't, on, on the team that I'm on, we don't upload any justifications, like, on the server. It's like on a local server that the team accesses. And he used to be on this team. So for him to even ask me about this, I, I, I really don't understand at this point, what else do they want me to do, because I'm literally just following the orders of my lead, he explains. All right, take the justification, upload it here. Now the manager above him is telling me that I'm doing it wrong, but I'm hearing it directly from the person I interact with daily on what to do for my reports. So the reason he's doing this is performance evaluations are up. I'm due for a promotion. Promotion. I was denied a promotion last year and I had to wait a year for another promotion. And now that year is up and I'm up for it again and I feel like he's trying to find ways to justify denying me the motion and um i don't know like it's uh i don't know what to do because i'm following the orders i'm given but he still wants to find fault in everything i do and i'll be my fault
8: much obliged uh for the commentary the being moved around i said uh, i think when that was brought up before Uh, about being moved uh, i said that that's lots of folks that's not just a thing that they do out in the desert in nevada keep the squatters moving even on the job keep them moving and uh, as uh, our caller the engineer uh, down in florida just said so that you do not get expertise Uh, you keep being moved and that might mean that you're going to be working on a different project different assignment or whatever it is Uh, so not only you don't get that level of comfort in the office where you're just you're going to be in the same spot same location around the same people generally Uh, you're not even going to be working on the same subject matter so everything is is constantly new all fresh not any stability Uh, that's exactly the way that they want us functioning uh in terms of your situation that's why i start the beginning of the program the people they don't have this problem they get all their promotions first time up every time you should be the first one to call in hey this is what you do this is what i did i get all my promotions i get all my bonuses i never have this problem if we have any folks who are listening in that position you should be on the line not spectating uh, I think you are probably correct in your assessment. I think that's something that happens a lot, too, where we kind of under uh, we don't value our own assessment uh, of what's happening to us. Uh, you know, you're up for a pro promotion and they probably made up some nonsense reasons to not give you the promotion last time around. And this time around, probably going to try to do the same thing, especially if you're following doing exactly as you were told from your direct supervisor and then. Uh, this higher up white person is coming in with all of these uh, questions and, and asking you these things that he knows are not a part of the process. That's probably just him practicing racism, white supremacy so that he can have a fabricated excuse. So, yeah, we can't give you that promotion. Looks like you still. Need to make some improvements here. I've been having to, you know, follow up and ask you all those questions on the projects. Didn't have the justifications. And that's what I mean. They, they do this sort of thing on a regular basis. Uh, I guess one suggestion that I would make uh, either CCing the white person, your direct white supervisor and this white person to correct the problem, to make sure that, hey, we are all in sync in terms of what the expectations are for the assignment. And again, that can just be asking questions. Uh, I was to understand that the uh, justification is just uploaded, that I'm following the procedure correctly, but I'm hearing it from, you know, Mr. So-and-so that there might be an issue. Just can we make sure that we're all correct with the understanding about how we're to proceed with the projects? That way I know what I'm supposed to be doing, what's expected of me, bang uh either doing that in a meeting or via email Uh, i could see where either would work if you do it electronically uh then you can have an electronic record uh that should stand for all time that this is what was said amongst us we all came to an agreement about what it's supposed to be even though i'm sure everyone involved that's white they already know what it's supposed to be but now we've all come to an agreement and we can move forward we don't have to waste time on this issue any further uh did any of the folks have any uh, suggestions uh, they might get? Cause we might have that person who they get their promotion every time. Any folks have any suggestions for how he might proceed to put himself in a better position to get the promotion this time? It can be challenging. I am sure I'll double check uh, to make sure I'm not missing any folks who have a hand up. Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, sir, Rob in Wisconsin.
3: Uh Gus, I wanted to uh ask a question about uh his one of his observations, if I may. Yes, sir. Uh he stated that on the job black females uh function as white females and they can be dangerous. Uh my question was um
8: he Is said Latinos. That? He said Latinos, not black he females. Said... Unless I'm. Oh, insecure. I'm sorry. You, you said Latinos. Is that correct? Engineer in Florida. You said Latinos. Yes, sir. La- Latinos. Gotcha. Glad we got that cleared Thank up. Woof, that could have been a riot. <laughs> um, uh, any uh, suggestions for? how he can put himself in a better position to get a promotion. I know when this came up before, I don't know if they gave you uh, any documentation in terms of this is the, these are the, these are, these are our justifications for why we are not giving you the promotion. If they gave you any things to work on specifically, uh, if you are able to implement those, like exactly that can be very helpful. Uh, And then uh, any sort of uh, statistics that you can have, Uh, on your work rate or whatever other uh, information that can help show what you've done uh, over the last year to improve on whatever they gave, whatever reasons that they gave for not giving the promotions. uh, And then what your work has been over the last year. Any, any other suggestions that folks have for what might help his situation, get that promotion. Stacey in the UK. Yes,
10: ma'am. I mean, I, 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 so I was going to comment on the fact that he's being told one thing by his senior senior manager and then another thing by his actual manager. Um, I, I, I would just send an email and try and resolve that um, to his line manager in the first instance to ask about guidance because he, he just wants to be clear on the standard and it seems to be a slightly different request from senior management. So just asking for clarity and put it back on them. I wouldn't necessarily send it to your senior manager in the first instance, because um, really your line manager gets paid to do a job. They're there to support you, get them to do what they're being paid to do um, and take the pressure off of you being directed by senior management. Um, And I say that because... I've been in similar positions, um, and you know you don't want to be pulled. And your your line manager—I mean, it's slightly different because you're being terrorised by a senior manager. But in my instance, I was being directed on a project, and my head of team, who was my line manager at the time, um, you know, was almost afraid to speak to the senior manager and express her real opinion, um, and she didn't want to do the project, but also was trying to undermine me at the same time and didn't like the fact that I was in communication with senior managers. So you just don't want to get played in those kind of situations. Um, And, I mean, your point about the promotion, yes, I mean, yes, seek clarity about how you can improve. But also, I mean, the fact is you've worked out what the, the issue is. They don't want to give you that promotion. So I also think there is a, um, you know, you need to analyse how much effort you want to actually put into trying to get a promotion in that team. Maybe there's another team to move to or, quite frankly, another organisation to move to Um, because the fact is, is if they're playing games with you and they're not going to give you the role, then all you do is end up internalising the slight and putting a lot of energy, not into, you know, actually performing better because you're probably performing at a high standard anyway. They're just practising racism. And I think so there is a sort of reality check for all of us sometimes is that we put a lot of energy into trying to prove ourselves when we know full well that actually it's not about your performance. They're not going to give you the job. They don't want to give you the job. And that is the reality. I'll meet my line, guys.
8: Stacey in the UK. Pretty solid counter-racist logic, even at 3 a.m. Friday morning, August 3rd, UK time. Context of white supremacy. Did Was that another caller who had commentary?
11: Can I be heard?
8: Oh, Oh. Oh, I heard both. Oh, that's all of our Wisconsin folks, uh, codified software (laughs) developer.
11: Oh, okay. Um, I I just wanted to say that I concur with Stacey. I, too, have had a similar situation where at the current job I have, um, they are are not giving me the promotion even though they want me to do the work. Um, I've just come to the conclusion that They're not going to promote me. And so my behavior reflects that. I am no longer looking for the promotion. I am no longer acting like I want the promotion. And, of course, now they're talking about giving me a promotion, and I'm just sort of blowing it off uh, because I'm not really convinced, and I'm not going to let myself get excited about something that I don't believe is going to happen. And instead, I'm putting all my energy into looking for another position at another plantation where I can have that that promotion where I can be compensated. so um, I also I concur with Stacy on that and it, it's a lot you're, it's a lot more freeing when you're not concerned about being promoted or you're not concerned about um, being validated by them. you know it's a lot more freeing when you do that and you can still do your best work and just put all your energy and your focus into getting a new position. With that, I'll meet my line. Thanks.
8: Outstanding recommendation. Rob, also in Wisconsin.
3: Uh, Yeah, I have a a quick suggestion. Um, And it uh, relates to um, dealing um, with someone in a more powerful position that um, has the power to grant you something or not, and the suggestion is um, since you didn't get the promotion the first time, and if it is a situation where um, other people have not been getting promotions, um, I would suggest maybe um, using um, a mild form of flattery in the form of a question. Um, And I don't know the exact wording of the question, but it will probably sound something like um, you're not the type of boss that doesn't give out promotions or, you know, something like that. Um, Because kind of uh, what I'm hearing, um, it's all a game anyway. Um, So uh, that's my suggestion. And thank you.
8: Interesting. Appreciate that, uh, Rob in Wisconsin. Uh, did any other folks uh, have suggestions uh, for an engineer in Florida trying to overcome racism and nab the promotion? Uh, see, I see some of the other folks that dialed in with a hand up. Uh, The microphone, I guess, is being stubborn, so I will give it a second and then open up the other line, see if they have suggestions. While all of that is happening, uh, any other folks that we have not heard from at all, uh, did you have a hand up uh, commentary to share? Either your own situation or commentary on what we've heard thus far? Our caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes,
12: sir. Thank you very much. Greetings to best the hosts, the listeners and callers. There were, there were a few observations in the past couple of days. I want to try and break this down in the um, incremental parts because there have been this thing about uh, a supervisor seminar. That's the term that was used a seminar And my supervisor had to attend this uh, off-site location supervisor training seminar just yesterday. And I was asking her about it. And she said it was was some things that she already knew about and something about, I guess, how to solve certain conflicts. And she was going to, I guess, go into details about it maybe sometime tomorrow or next week or something, because we're supposed to have our monthly meeting tomorrow. And guess I wanted to quickly say that I, I had sent you the, uh, the, the circuit writer that I was mentioning about uh, where they placed all of the, the black children and a lot of the black employees in there. So it'll give you like a, like a visual of what I'm, what I'm speaking of when they started to, or when they've been, Incorporating a lot of black people's images into the uh, newsletter. But there was also a supervisor meeting of all of the supervisors and the assistant supervisors, and just the way that it looked, because this occurred on Tuesday, and it was a whole lot of black people, a whole lot of white people. Uh, just walking down the hallway and where the department that I work in, it's a whole bunch of windows. You can just see everybody just walking in the line to the uh, conference room in the back. So uh, I'm still trying to get word on what happened back there. Um, But I know something about racism came up somewhere. But uh, my next uh, observation is, I don't know if anybody on the line has heard, uh, white supremacy or seeing white supremacy practice in the way of uh, using plural language like not when they speak to a, a single person like there was a, a black female that sits, that sits in front of me and uh, she was holding up an Oprah magazine and the lady that does the, the call operating the operator she gave her Oprah magazine and she says, uh, but I heard her say this to my black female supervisor. Well, you people are do uh, you people will take care of this book or something to that effect. But but see, she was talking to the one black person and she referred to her as like you people or something like that. Your people will take care of better care of this. And another example of this was where uh, I was going into the judge's office, and the maintenance person, the facilities person who does the, I guess, the changing out the bulbs and a lot of the uh, other type of maintenance duties around the courthouse. He says, "Well, it looks like we have some shady guys out here," uh, but I was on, I'm only one person, so what do you mean guys like G U Y S? And he said the word shady. Now I like, I was, I thought about that. I'm like, I'm only one person. So why mention it in that way? But anyways, uh, I just wanted to mention that. Few and like my, my next one, uh, we had, uh, well, there was a black female that told me that the, the white woman, that she's been having issues with. And she's had a high turnover just this year alone with about three or four people either leaving, quitting, or being transferred to other departments, other buildings. And it's apparent, it's, it's been apparent that this person has gotten training at least three or four times and they've paid $100 a session. And she's she still a functional supervisor and the black male who at the beginning of the year has been given this court director position. He is absolutely powerless to do anything about her. Um, I think he, he has said that they quote unquote aren't going to do anything about her. And she told the black female that they're not going to fire me. Now. And I said, you should, uh, you should document that. that definitely demonstrates racist arrogance that um, as a white woman, that she isn't going to be fired for her misconduct. Uh, And um, that's as far as I can think of right now. And uh, thanks for
8: allowing me to share. The education at the Florida courthouse. Wow. Uh, The excellent observation, the use of terms, uh, them referring to a single black person uh, or a single non-white person uh, with a plural uh, that I've seen that uh, consists of the you people. Oh, that's staple uh, in the system of racism, white supremacy. And that I don't think it's as frequently as you people, even though they'll only be talking about one individual. But you still just lump all the niggers in together. Uh, The shady guys that's like multiple uh shady guys even though you only talk about one person and shady again everything dark uh everything that is uh not white oh man something dastardly something vile criminal Mm. like uh consistent uh that i thought superb recommendation that that be uh, written down uh, the racist arrogance of that, that, you know, I can do what I'm white, you know, I can do whatever I want uh, here. Mr. Fuller had a similar anecdote when he talked about that incident. That was also a workplace situation. It was a white woman, no less, in the elevator. said, so I don't even have to wear clothes. I'm white. You haven't got that through your head yet. Fifty years past, and you still don't understand racism, white supremacy. What it means to be white. I would just write that down. You <laughs> can, same thing that I said before. You don't have to say a word. Just stop, write that down, date, time, hmm, and proceed with the conversation. Or just, you weren't even conversing. You're just listening. That's your role in the conversation. Listen, jot a note down from time to time. That's what they do at the courthouse, keep records. That's what you do too. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if we have not heard from you at all, if you have commentary, lines should be open. Let's see any folks that we missed totally, uh, that have a hand up that we've not heard from any people that we missed completely. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Greetings Ivy.
4: Greetings, Greetings to all the callers in the, on the lines. Um, I wanted to ask you, Gus, um, did you get the funds that I sent you for Barracoon through PayPal? Were they released to you? Uh,
8: I have not checked, but I saw your message right before we went live. So I can check to verify once we get off the air. Much obliged, but I did see the Facebook message right as we were getting ready to go on.
4: Okay. um, And I know you don't celebrate your birthday, but do you mind if people tell you happy birthday and even post that on your Facebook wall or you don't like none of that?
8: Uh, you know, I could probably think of many other things that I do like, but uh, I don't know that I would be just dis- that is certainly more tolerable than brother. So if that is something folks want to engage in. I can deal with that much better than brother. If you can leave brother out of whatever you need to say, that would make it, they would make it much more
3: tolerable.
4: Okay. Um well, the last thing I want to say on that is I just wanted to um, encourage everybody on the line, if you can to um, donate uh, to Gus, because in my view, um, he deserves it. And I think that um, in addition to, in my view, being constructive toward replacing the system, um, you, this program um, provides life-saving information um, with all the callers and you, Gus, and all the guests that you've had. Uh, moving on to Robin, Wisconsin, I'm just, you know, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with what you're dealing with, and from what I remember, you've been dealing with this for years, because if I'm not mistaken, I heard you a long time ago in a very old broadcast um, talking about um, what you're suffering with, and I think that Um, if the disability doesn't work out where you get to have that, um, and you have to end up working, I think it's brilliant for you to take this semester off. And I think that what you could do, or at least the suggestion that came to my mind is that you could let, um, searching for another job, because I think it was read, I think that was great advice, what she said about, you know, trying to make the more laborious job or physical job. to make it, you know, as temporary as possible. And in the meantime, while you're taking a semester off, searching for a job that's less physical could be your job um, while while you're taking that semester off. Um, As far as the victim who was actually first talked about on the job where he's suing his job, um, the relationship he has with the white person um, is not his fault. That person's fault is the white person's fault, the suspected Klan member's fault, um, which is my new term for white people. Um, That is, as uh, Mr. Fuller and probably Dr. Welsing and definitely Gus says, that is maximum racist aggression. As far as the joking um, that he does, also white people's fault. Um, They have brain trashed us to, as Gus would say, frolic with the whites. I saw just an ad today where there was a um, a black um, woman who was walking arm in arm with um, a bunch of white women, um, and you know, so they they brain trash us into being close to them um, when we really should stay away from them because they are terrorists, they are Nazis, they are Klan members, they are all of that. They also, it's also their fault that he uses the word nigger. They are responsible for that term. Um, I also think that I I personally understand the logic in considering it spiteful to be suing them and staying at the plantation at the same time, because one thing I've noticed or that I've known and that they have even spoken about, that um, it's very difficult for them to sit and look at you while you're suing them. And I just wish him the best with everything. I hope he becomes less confused. I hope that people come alongside him and help him rather than tear him down for being confused. Um, and that he sues and wins, um, I just wish him the best with everything, and that's all I have for now i'll I'll near my line thanks, everyone. thanks Gus.
8: yes, ma'am. Ivy in <clears throat> or ivy much obliged for uh the update absolutely. He is a victim, not to blame, even for behavior that has been programmed and given to him by racists. Uh, we did have a couple of people who wrote in as well. I'm going to try and see if I can get their commentary in as we uh, go down the last 40 minutes or so of the broadcast. Uh, first person to wrote in. Uh, <laughs> I wrote previously about my black supervisor who I feel isn't a victim. I listened to your response and partially agreed with the fact that the racist white female manager is the problem. But, and she has but in all capitals, I still don't view him as a victim. VGQ, Victims Guaranteed Qualification, you can take that position. He knows what he's doing since some of the terrorism he participates in is due to his own choice. I'm just uh, using my Phenomenal memory skills as it relates to this one issue, the most important sentence that she wrote in her previous email was that this said black supervisor, black male supervisor, if memory serves, has no power. Continuing with her current email, my workplace racism for this week is that my racist female manager made it so that my white coworker can drop all of her work off at my desk every morning and go hang out with her friends for hours. I was told I had to do her work until further notice in quotes. I reported to HR about the mistreatment and have yet to get a response. This lazy, this lady has been away from her desk the whole week. But when I go to lunch, I would see her and my lazy white coworkers hanging out. When this lazy white coworker comes back to her desk, I overheard her speaking to my white female manager about a client calling her racist. My racist white female manager then responds with, my kids are half black. My white racist female manager makes sure to keep photos of her black husband and kids on her desk, cowbell for strategic reasons, I believe. I agree. Her son, who is the same age as me, used to work at this place and would come in once in a while, and he even admitted his mom was a bit racist. Now, talk about brain trashing. Now, imagine that. My mom is a bit racist. To the point where that's something that I state publicly. Hmm. And incidentally, I would just add a bit racist. You don't have someone's. I'm a I'm a bit of a pedophile. Anyway, any folks, uh any comments on how you would uh try to stop this that we've been taught that's been a theme we've had quite a few. The excessive work. Uh, and I think I mentioned this slightly, uh, with that's one of the ways that they'll do it, have you do all this extra work without being compensated. We gotta pitch in and be a team player. Susan's, you know. She's hurting. She's having some difficulties. we got to help her out. We're going to do a little bit of Susan's work until further notice. Any suggestions on how you uh, would maybe get some of this stop, get this white woman to do her own work? The only way I
2: know is to speak directly to it. To the person who is uh, declaring that you uh, do it
8: you know, in terms of asking questions. Would this be going to, uh, this is going to the supervisor, uh, asking her in terms of, or, or I guess, yeah, what question would you ask if you were going to address this directly? Uh, why, why
2: would, uh, excuse me, why would I have to, to perform another worker's task, uh, as opposed to them, uh, performing their own workload. That's kinda of like how I would frame it. And, you know, don't
8: help her with the answer. Dig that one. Dig that one. We'll see other
2: person I don't I would I was just about to say I don't know what possibly would be the uh the answer uh in the affirmative of the, of the persons who is, uh, who is uh, number one, making me do the work and also the person who is giving their work to me. I, I couldn't, I couldn't see where it would be a, uh, an answer that, that, that is constructive.
8: Cause if you're sick, you don't come to work. Logical. Great question. I'm a big, as I said before, big advocate of just asking questions uh, about this. I don't know if other people in the office are being required, like if if all of her work is being parceled out uh, amongst a group of individuals or if this one victim is uh, having to take all of her assignments or what have you. That might be a question as well. If other people are being required to take on some of her workload. And either way, if, if that is the case, again, why? If not, that would be another one to ask.
2: And then I would, I would, I would say something in regards to due process. Mm. You know, I mean, in other words, uh, uh, somewhere along the lines of, uh, the, the, uh, past history of this happening with someone other than me and why. What was the reason why that person had to do that other person's work? And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, either either you would you would uh get a correct and constructive answer to why you're doing it, or direct racism white supremacy. One one or the other. And uh I just figured that, you know, out of the two, you, you know, it's it's uh you know uh you you can't you can't you can't uh you can't it it it, it would be it would be informative if i just put it that way it'd be informative one way or the other
8: much obliged retired firefighter <clears throat> any other uh suggestions our caller who uh wrote in <clears throat> about being required to do her white female co-workers work uh who does not seem to be ill or sick, just seems to be choosing to invest her time doing other things besides her work. I yes, ma'am. Um, I, I may have missed
4: it. Um, I, my question is what's wrong with just saying no? Like the codified software developer always says, no is a complete sentence. Like, why? Can't she just say no? You know, she has you know work to do of her own. Um, it sounds that sounds illegal. Um, just like you know, giving red and other people all this extra work without um, the company the compensation uh, seems like all of that needs to be um, documented and and and, and, and remedied um, as as best they can because um, it just and just even just researching how you know any of that can be legal, um, she could, I understand she could say, you know, she could be fired and things of that nature, but I mean, I mean, you could be fired for any anything you're dealing with clan members, um, so that's, that's my question, like, why can't she just say no, and I mean, if this supervisor, you know, wants um, to have other people do her work, she can do it, she, I mean, I, obviously, you won't say that to your supervisor, but I'm just saying yes, I, I don't understand why she can't just say no and that she has her own work to do, and she can't because she has her own work to do. So, you know, that's a question. Was that answered in any kind of way in, in her, in all that she has been, you know, telling us? Did, did I miss it?
8: Uh, the, the letter, she just says she was told that she would be doing the work until further notice. That was in quotes. It wasn't the why or the how long justification that was not included.
13: Okay.
4: Well, yeah, I just, I guess if it were me, I would, you know, just say I can't because I have, you know, my work to do. Um, and I guess maybe see how that goes. I guess that's, that's my suggestion. And, and VGQ to her, she knows what she's dealing with. And she has to, you know, come to her own conclusions that you um, often say Gus. And uh, that's all I had on me in my life.
8: Much obliged Ivy. Uh, I think this one being direct as well uh because that's such an assault, like to just have somebody else's workload uh placed on you uh with no logical justification and this is like indefinitely uh to have their weight uh workload placed on you uh, to just and again you can just ask direct questions uh it doesn't have to be with an attitude neutral uh face eye contact and you're just asking questions to find out <clears throat> why this is happening uh, and then uh if you do. Ivy's suggestion on just I'm not going to be able to do this phrase it however you need to but I'm not going to be able to do this this is going to you know totally uh inhibit me from being able to complete my own assignments then I'll be behind and then I'll be getting chastised for that because I'm having to complete somebody else's work this is just this is not an acceptable uh situation at all however you need to to phrase it again I'm always a big advocate of of asking questions but however you whatever decision uh is made uh addressing it directly uh, I think is, is the best way to go because if not they'll just keep piling the work on. It might even be two or three people or, or whomever it is they'll just keep piling it on and piling it on and piling it on. Uh, we had another person they wrote in. They actually have a question. Their question I'm not able to call in but in regards to the jersey caller why haven't you distanced yourself from your friend or why do you consider him your friend as you become less confused uh, this is the male caller in New Jersey who was talking about his friend who was on the job where the whites were making the the tacky racist comments about fried chicken and kool-aid and he's thinking about suing them and staying on the job out of spite uh, the friend is apparently uh, in some sort of arrangement with a white woman sexual arrangement I think with a white woman. Uh, And so the question the listener asked, uh, why haven't you distanced yourself from your friend or why do you consider him a friend as you become less confused? Uh, Our caller in New Jersey, are you still here to field that question? Not sure if he left us already. I know he said it was muting the line. Uh, if you are still listening and are able to give us a jingle back in, if you would like to answer that question, that would be grand. Uh, I know some people uh, have talked before about having friends who are in tragic arrangements. Some people have, uh, family members, uh, who are in tragic arrangements. Uh, I, at least my own personal code, I don't think that that means that you have to excommunicate that person, uh, completely. Of your life, you certainly can make your stance uh, explicit in terms of what you think about that and in the context of a system of white supremacy. But uh, I certainly know a lot of folks uh, who maintain contact with these individuals uh, with the hope of sharing life saving information uh, if they ever get to a point of realizing the jeopardy, the danger that they are in. Uh, Other folks, any folks that we've missed completely, Uh, are there any folks on the line with us uh, with a hand up that we've not heard from at all? We nab everybody, nobody that we uh, missed who dialed in with a hand up. Grand. Uh, if folks have other comments. If the caller in New Jersey, if you are listening, if you are able to give us a jingle uh, to get that question answered before we wrap things up, that would be grand. If not, we will try and see if we can get it done next week. Uh, any other thoughts, questions, uh, folks? Wanted to make sure they get in recommendations.
13: Ivy
8: here. Yes, ma'am. Ivy.
4: Just really quick. Um, I wanted to add also to you know. The suggestion I had about, you know, I'm not able to uh, do this person's work because of, you know, all the wonderful reasons that you gave us about being behind and this, that, and the other. Um, to to try to uh, get that that conversation or that correspondence, um, or just that that conversation, like recorded, like by email, if if, if possible, and if not, um, just an, an audio recording of it, so that you can have um, documentation. Because I said that because, as I said, this doesn't seem legal, um, and if at, at at, at, at least it, it sounds um, unethical as far as I mean I, I wanted to I guess speak on the question that was that just asked and um, that was posed to the to the person in New Jersey I believe it was about why they're not why they haven't distanced themselves and why they still consider them a friend um, I'm with Pam on this one Pam the Great as, as Gus calls her um, where she says you know try your best to maintain those relationships you don't just ditch a person Who's in? As you mentioned, Gus, and what she always says, that they are in grave danger um, being connected to terrorists in any way, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship, or just socializing with them um, regularly and considering them, you know, uh, your friend and things like that. I mean, we've all we've all been there where we've had, you know, close relationships with um, with non-white people and. You know, as you become less confused, you are never going to solve this. This is my view. That we are never going to solve this problem if we we distance ourselves from other victims when we become less confused. The only way we're going to solve this problem is together. So we're going to have to get with other people and help them with their confusion, not to distance ourselves from them and to turn up our nose at them or anything like that. It's like we'll never solve this problem by ourselves. We need each other. And you know that's that's all I had. I'll be my life.
8: Thanks everyone. Thanks, guys. Indeed, indeed, that has uh, come up before. That I guess question: uh, if it's a non-white person, they're in a tragic arrangement. Do you ditch them forever, or do you try to maintain some sort of uh, relationship with that person and? See if you can, you know, talk them through it or, or be of some sort of constructive assistance without it damaging you, without you being harmed by their race soldier partner or anything else uh, has come up pretty consistently uh, over the years on the broadcast. Even sometimes recently, I can remember where it, it has it has come up. I think I've been consistent in my view on that one. Stacy, did you have uh, commentary?
10: Yeah, two things uh, Just on the Maintaining contact I mean, that's all with victims who are in Relationships with suspected racists I've said before I have uh, family members who are in those Positions um, I, I, I just couldn't Imagine, unless the Non-white person was just Really So sort of brain trashed that they were doing Really harmful things and it was difficult For me to be in their presence I wouldn't sort of remove contact anyway, I just reduce contact, you know, I certainly wouldn't let it cause conflict. Um, but you know, also the the flip side of it is why would you want the system of racism and the terrorists within it to win even more than they are by damaging, particularly if it's a family member, damaging that relationship even more or or disrupting your family in that way I mean you certainly would have to edit the conversations that you have and um you know just I I guess um you know try not to get emotionally um caught up in some of the things that they say but you know it you know I just wouldn't not with a family member in particular you know if it's a Friend, it might be easier to distance themselves, but there's no way, you know, unless they were doing something really, really, really loopy um, for the uh, want of a better term. Now, um, the person who wrote in last week, and then I think they also uh, wrote in again this week about the victim of racism who is. Um, actively participating in uh, racist activity. Um, Even though I agree with, you know, the discussions and the code that you don't hold non-white people victims of racism responsible for the acts of terrorists, I also do um, understand the challenge and the frustration um, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that anybody on this call hasn't also acknowledged those issues. But, you know, I'm going through a similar situation in that, I mean, there's so much that I haven't spoken about on the programme in terms of the uh, grievance process that I've gone through and the various acts of terrorism that have been enacted on me and the impact and in part because there's just so much to go through and also sometimes it's just difficult to talk about um, the impact. However, you know, I mentioned, for example, your union representation and being careful about what they advise you to do. The union rep who I had is a non-white female who has gone through pretty much similar experiences as I have before she became the union rep and certainly she knows what I've been dealing with and the impact and I mentioned that we had a meeting with HR on the 31st of May and this was to talk about me coming back into the organisation and that that was where the conversation was going, it was around me being reintegrated um, being back into the team. And I just challenged HR on a couple of things. And the HR lead then left the room thoroughly frustrated. And I didn't hear from her again for another month because of the sort of risk that they were um, trying to enact in that room. And, you know, the, the, the questions that I just threw back at them. However, at the end of that meeting, bearing in mind the conversation is about me being brought back into the team. My union rep um, commented on the conversation and she said, uh, you know, they, she just thinks that they were uh, um, uh, trying to play hardball with the date that they proposed, which was like a few days away, um, to bring me back into the unit. Anyway, um, and then she said to me, oh, there is another way. And I said, what? And she said, oh, you know, I could start negotiations. Um And they can be without prejudice at this moment, but, you know, talking about compensating you to leave the organisation. Now, bearing in mind, no one has said to me, you, we want you to go. I'm sure they do, but they haven't said that. And um, that wasn't the conversation. And throughout the whole process, I've been asked several times, you know, what do I want at this process? Um, And, you know, being told initially, months ago, someone might approach you about, you know, negotiating an exit. Um, i put in a grievance because I've been terrorised. Why do I need to go? And no, I didn't go through this process to leave. Now, whether I do or not, that is my business. I'm certainly not going to tell them that. However, I'm in a room with my union rep, who is supposed to be working on my behalf, who, in their statement, said, "Oh, they, they wouldn't. The employer would never say that to you," and I'm, and she didn't say this, but clearly because I could then take them to court because they're practicing further racism against me, so of course I'm not going to propose it. Um, but my union rep is trying to push me to resign. Now I thought you were working on my behalf, and. um you know, as I said, she's, she's she's gone through exactly what I've gone through and you're proposing that I put myself in a position where I'm then unemployed and when you're going through these um, processes it is incredibly difficult emotionally and people are in such a vulnerable position and to have somebody take advantage of you in a position like that and a person that is a non-white person who Knows firsthand, even though I know that she is a victim, it is incredibly frustrating. And many, 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 many times throughout this process, I have had to I, I, I don't know, I've had to maintain control, even though I've been incredibly pressured um, and emotionally challenged throughout this process. And to be honest with you, my emotions go up and down and there are things that, you know, other things that I could say about what was going on which I won't go into now. So I understand the frustration that the person expressed to, um, you know, the challenge of dealing with non-white people who know what you're going through, who are quite prepared. And, you know, I don't think this person is being part Well, I'm sure she is being put under pressure to encourage me. But I could never see a time where you could make me do the things that sometimes are done. I would push back. And I have been in positions where people have tried to get me to do things which I just think are um, inappropriate. And I would push back. Now, I know not everybody is going to be able to give that push back. But man, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll
8: meet my land there, I guess. Much obliged for sharing. Uh, Stacy in the UK, and that definitely worthy of a timestamp, 3.41 a.m. Friday morning, August 3rd, UK time. Stacy's commentary. Absolutely valid, absolutely logical, being frustrated with other non-white people to be expected in the system of white supremacy. Uh, Just appreciate uh, your candor. Uh, The person who dialed in, uh, I guess you're on the vote line, maybe. Did you have commentary? Let's see. Line should be open. Call on the vote line. Yes,
13: Uh, Gus. Thank you. Um, So... This is the response to the person asking about work, extra work being dumped onto their desk or their workload. I have two suggestions. Um, number one, because I just had this incident actually in my own work. We're both in leadership positions, but I was getting asked to do some work or indicating that extra work needed to be done. So I said, this looks like overtime. That was my. That's one of my suggestions, you could use that. Um, then they have to look at financial resources and how to, how to get that work done. The other um, suggestion that I have is, have the person who is in the leadership position that is asking you to do that extra work, have them prioritize. Okay, I have my workload and I have this workload. I can merge them and then you can show me or direct me what is the priority and whatever doesn't get done, then that leadership person has made that decision. Technically, that person is responsible for what doesn't get done. So those are my two suggestions. Thank you.
8: Outstanding. Asking questions uh, with both of them. said I'm such a huge advocate of being able to to ask questions. Uh, Those are excellent options. Always great to have options for what you can try out because we all have different temperaments and, you know, different styles, different objectives for what we're trying to accomplish. So it's always great to have uh, options to think about in terms of how you want to pursue solving a problem. Uh, So we got the direct I'm not going to be able to do this. This looks like overtime. What do you think? What is the priority for completing the work? Variety of different suggestions on how you can address the workload situation. And if you apply any of the if folks try out any of these suggestions or if you come up with your own uh, code for how to deal with that, that extra workload, definitely share. As I say, we always like the update, not just to be nosy, uh, but really. To figure out, oh, this is what seems to be successful. This is what seems to work, uh, at least for now. Maybe other people can try this and see if you also have uh, some put that in quotes success with that method or this does not work. Uh, This seems like, you know, it didn't really get the problem solved in the manner that was satisfactory to me. So I don't know. You might want to rethink or revise uh, how you apply that particular solution. I think that's always beneficial. We are all still learning. Uh, other folks have uh, commentary. They want to get in last few moments before we get ready to wrap things up this Thursday evening. Can Caller in Florida. Yes, sir.
12: Uh, yes, sir. There, there were a few um, more observations that I had. Uh, there, there was a, a black female that came in to view her. Uh, they call it dependency. Uh, type cases of uh, custody and it it was a uh, it was a document that was talking about uh, I guess they call it um like a psychological examination or something and it was a portion of the document where this uh, black female, was I guess asked to recognize certain things, and I guess this person who was uh, conducting this document said that she didn't recognize a picture of Martin Luther King. Uh, I never saw that before on a on anything really, and, and we, we both started laughing at that. Like I don't know if it was appropriate for the time because it was kind of a serious case, but she was being analyzed as though like she wasn't human or, or something like that. Like, I wonder if they made that applicable to the white uh, parents I guess who needed a uh, mental health evaluation or psychological examination or whatever. So that, that was one I wanted to share. And uh, the warden I did have to go into the administrative office to uh, drop off a FedEx envelope. And she, she was trying to be extremely nice talking about, well, you know, I'll, I'll see you later on, or whatever that meant. And cause I know she's going to be in that meeting. So who knows what she's going to say, uh, at that time. Um, and, uh, my last one was there was a recruiter that came in. We had recruiters that come in like from the military and uh, the people or the prospects who happen to want to join the military. They want to do a background check on them. And it was a black male, a tall black male. Uh, and he was in a conversation with a black female assistant in front of me. And I kind of overheard him saying that, uh, he got to where he is now, like in uh, the city that I'm in, and he said the, I guess the white person he was talking to on the phone was saying, well, you know, we need an African American recruiter, and uh, we need him to come to this high school on this side of town, the same side of town that I pretty much was uh, um, born and raised in, and this is a predominantly black high school, and I guess he was trying to. Uh, put forth the notion that he was zoned and pretty much led, directed to go to that school, which is the high school that I pretty much went to. And he says, yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of them from there. And uh, I tried to go to this other school. He named another school in, in the city. And this is important because he said that he was rejected immediately. He said, well, no, you can't come here. They're all going to college. Now, now that means that he can't even he can't even set up to recruit any of the students there like it was an automatic assumption that these students here are going to college because i guess they associated with uh, university of florida but yet the people on the other side of the east side of town he was pretty much led to be directed there that's what he was saying and i, I just thought it was probably with something incorrect about that in the uh but I think he was confused and the black female was too because they were saying, well, hey, you know, after high school, they're not going to be doing anything. Uh, they're going to pretty much end up, you know, in trouble or something like that. So, you know, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to snatch him up. That's the language he used. He said, we're going to snatch him up. Now, that's the that's situation where they ain't even think for themselves like the uh the, the, the black kids themselves they're not even able to think for themselves that's there's still more white supremacy at you know in practice saying that we know when they graduate from high school he've been pretty much indoctrinated to go and recruit them saying well hey you know they, they need a, a black a black male to come out here to see that they can view this image so that he can recruit them. I'm not speaking, you know, against the military or anything like that. I just wanted to share that because that just happened today, um, and I, I just remembered it. So uh,
8: that's all I have to say right now. Thank you. The 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 black people that do the recruiting that go to the high school and and do the snatching uh, does that invalidate their status as victims of white supremacy if they're doing this willingly, in your opinion? Oh, no, no, they're still victims. <laughs> oh, yes. They're still victims. Just checking. Just checking. That is fascinating. I can't say that I'm stunned uh, about that. The the school where they're apparently supposed to be going to college, you get an outright rejection. Absolutely not. Get away from around here. Do your snatching elsewhere. Go find a school where they're presumably negras that you can do your snatching Language, paying attention to words, extremely important in the system of white supremacy. The uh, niceness of the warden, I think that's pretty standard as well. Racists can be kind when they want, or at least if not kind, uh, they can do a pretty solid job of faking courteousness from time to time when needed. Uh, and sometimes we victims can be confused by that. Sounds like you were not stunned, uh, especially if you have picked out that you're being mistreated and are calling them out on that. Oh yeah, they definitely, they can, they can prolong their tacky charade of courtesy and Oh, see you later. Great to see you. Great outfit today and whatever else that they want to, you know, add on with the, uh, with the procedure, I cannot imagine the the mental evaluation or whatever having to take place in in the courthouse and what that looks like, and then how that gets you know determined for white parents and and black people. Just all of that is uh, wow. I, I didn't even know that that sort of procedure would take place at the courthouse. Like wow, that is learning. Still learning. Still learning. I am. Uh, Other folks, if if we had any final comments, we've got a little less than five minutes left. uh, So if folks have anything that they want to make sure they get in, you should speak up right now. Uh, Do not hang out because we don't have much time left in the broadcast.
11: Can I be heard?
8: Yes, ma'am. Software developer in Wisconsin. Uh, Yes.
11: Uh, One more thing. Um, So. The saga of LinkedIn continues for me. Uh, Today, I received a phone call from a New York member, uh, which I did not answer. I then received a connection request and a uh, message from a recruiter claiming to be from a very large and very well-known tech company um, asking me if I was interested in uh, hearing about new opportunities. Now, one part of me is saying, I don't know if the race soldiers at my job have really started getting devious and have now are now employing, you know, uh, people with uh, numbers from across the country. And the other part of me is saying, well, I don't know if this is an actual uh, opportunity for me, because uh, this is a very well-known tech company and would look nice on my resume. Also very well-known for racism, too, so... Uh, Maybe a learning experience. Um, so I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. I'm trying to decide uh, if I should respond, and if so, how should I respond? Uh, so if anybody has any suggestions, I'd like to hear them. Uh, that's all I have. Thanks so much.
8: Hmm. And okay. Stacy in the U.K.?
10: Yeah, um, just, sorry, just, sorry to interrupt you and just to respond to the uh, software developer. Um, I mean, I, I, I've, I've already spoken before about having similar activities on my LinkedIn page and having recruiters call me up. I guess if it's a company that you're quite interested in, I'd get them to send you an email. You don't have to act on it. Um, just confirm, just to send you. So, and, and an email from the company itself um just with a bit more detail on what they're talking about it doesn't mean that you have to um pursue it um and obviously you act in a very codified manner in terms of uh not revealing anything that would compromise your current situation i you know um i think you said you had some restrictions on in your contract about what you can do so um, I just bear that in mind in those conversations but yeah get them to send you an email from the company itself um, and that way you know um, you have a, But it, it would suggest that it's more of a legitimate call than just somebody send you new random connections through LinkedIn or phone calls that can't necessarily be attached to a particular company they'll meet my line there guys. guess great
8: suggestions. Stacy in the UK hanging out with us almost 4am her time. Uh, any other suggestions for our codified software developer who uh, has told us before about getting offers that were if not suspicious uh, outright just not believable and looking like maybe her uh, suspected racist co-workers uh, were pulling some shenanigans uh, to try to send her some fake offers. Uh, any, any suggestions for how she can uh, go about checking this out without jeopardizing herself. Just the treachery uh, of that, even if this is legit and let's all, you know, hope that it is a legit offer, you know, that quadruples your salary. Uh, Just the, that environment where you can't even, Get a message about a job offer and just be gleeful. I mean, most people with if it's a well-known company and, and something that you might even be remotely interested in, like, oh, that's great. You know, a little plus for the day. It can't even be that. It's gotta be. And I'm just this is logical. She's she is following solid counter racist logic. That even that I got to step back and analyze. Wait a minute. Let me make sure this is the system of racism, white supremacy. The primary weapon is deception. That is unfortunate. Horrendous, really. But that is the system of white supremacy. That is logical more than anything else. More than it being horrendous. That is the logical way to function. Let me inspect this. Let me give this a good look over to make sure that it's what I think it is, that this is legitimate. And then I can make a decision. Any other folks with uh, commentary or suggestion that they want to get in, uh, maybe get in one more before the three hours elapses?
13: Never heard?
8: Yes, ma'am. Ivy.
4: Uh, just quickly, uh, you know, I wish the Codify software developer the best um, with that. Um, she certainly deserves it. All the competence that they're so jealous of. Um, I want to make another uh, quick comment on the you know, distancing yourself from people who are more confused. I often think to myself that I cannot believe Gus had white friends because when I listen to you and how you how you talk to these white people and just all of the the wisdom that you have you just would have never thought that you um ever had white friends. Um and so it's like You can go from, you know, being more confused to then having um, life-saving information and just being, in my view, one of the most bold people that I've ever heard. And I would also add that people who think that they should distance themselves from people who are more confused or people who name-call those people or people who refuse to see them as victims, all these different things, you are more confused. You are more confused than you realize because that is a major part, as Mr. Fuller always says, that is a major part of the of the system is for us to be in conflict with each other and we have to minimize that, otherwise we will not put these terrorists out of business. And the last thing I wanna say about the shady thing, I wonder if um the caller in Florida if he could, you know, address that, like even come to the person, like, Why are you saying that to me? And 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 let it be known without calling them a racist that, you know, you're associating, you know, something dark as something negative to a person who is a darker person, you know, in this situation. And I will say this and and I'll be done. I just realized just probably the other day about the word black male. I when I started paying more attention to words, I obviously knew that it's it's associating blackness with something bad. But I believe that they're not just doing that. They're associating black males with something bad. And I think that black male is the worst word in the English, in this trash English language. There are some close seconds like MF and stuff like that. But I think black male, that is just so, so cruel. And I think that no black person, especially black males, should ever use that word ever again. I'll leave my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gus.
8: Words are very important. said that repeatedly on the program. Uh, Particularly in the workplace. Words are extraordinarily important. Absolutely. That will pretty much wrap us for the broadcast. I am excited. I'm still a little bummed that we are all done with Invisible Man. I thought we would still be reading it at this time. I didn't know we were going to be done so quickly, but... Alas, moving forward, Zora Neale Hurston, Barcoon, brand new book starting tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, This book just came out a few weeks ago, so we are like fresh in the vanguard of literature for the summer of 2018. This is on a lot of people's book read list, got really dope reviews. Uh, Zora Neale Hurston is a legend. Uh, I've read some of her work before. I think a lot of folks have read... uh, their Eyes Were Watching God, older text. This book was actually written before that uh, and is her interview nonfiction. This is nonfiction. Their Eyes Were Watching God is fiction. And we have read two works of fiction in a row. So we are not starting a new trend here on the cows and turning into a fiction uh, book club back to nonfiction. And this is uh, basically her writing the interview that she conducted with one of the last uh slave black people from the plantation era of slavery Uh, she interviewed him early 20th century uh, and that is the book that we are reading lots of details as I said it got lots of great reviews and uh, we had quite a few cows listeners who saw the reports about this book coming out and said oh we should read that for the book club and we will do so starting tomorrow looking forward we'll be here on Saturday for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific, we'll catch up on what has gone down over the last eight days. Uh, if folks have commentary, questions, updates about workplace racism, you can drop us an email untiljustice at gmail.com. And absolutely, I always think it is worth uh, repeating uh, you do not get information about the system of white supremacy uh, to look down on or disparage other non white people who don't have this information. I've said often uh, none of us was born with a copy of the ISIS papers in our hand. We all have been very confused, often bring up Detroit Red. It took a long time before that became el Malik Shabazz. Patience with other victims, very, very important. That said, uh, sobriety would be spectacular uh, under the system of white supremacy. We are under so much stress. I know a lot of times we can be uh, or frequently we are encouraged uh, to imbibe as a result of all the terrorism and strain that we are under. And I think just consuming white people's poisons that is not going to help us solve this problem frequently. That's just going to break our bodies down, break us down mentally so that we're not thinking correctly uh, and just have us in a position where We have more problems and have not solved any of the problems that we started off when we cracked that bottle or whatever other poison we grabbed for. Uh, Dr. Welsing and many of the other folks we esteem would strongly encourage. Let's stay sober, preserve our brain computer, make sure that we are functioning so that we can crank out solutions, new concepts to permanently solve the problem whites. In addition to being sober, Every time we get in a vehicle, we are buckled up. Driver or passenger, let's do everything we possibly can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
12: Nigga, you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother problem
8: you're
12: a victim i'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my Mm condition even my conditioning has been conditioned step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family